welcome, welcome, welcome to Mastering the Storm, a Heroes of the Storm podcast on the Anchor.fm platform. I'm one of your hosts, LDAP. And Wenzel Chad is here too, per usual. So how's your week been so far? Not too bad. Um, honestly, just not a lot of video games in general. A little bit here and there, but now it's basically just uh, survival mode for when it comes to school. So not just just kind of playing games here and there. Super casual. Very right, cool. Yeah, I finally got them back to playing Heroes of the Storm, everyone. You know, so. <laughs> I, I'm actually a Reddit admin who actually plays the game again. So, <laughs> um, so I like applause effect we could put in right now. <laughs> and actually, well, here's the best part is like, so I played. So th- when you when you take breaks from video games like Heroes of the Storm, you do have to take your time getting back in because your muscle memory is a little off. Um, since I use a lot of keyboard keyboard um combinations and shortcuts um mm, i see kind of get, gradually get back in there especially since i really did take three weeks off and did not play the game didn't even like do my daily quest you know i kind of just yeah. you know for yeah i just kind of did that thing where i i don't know why either and that's funny because we talked about it last week we've been talking about this and then like um what was it uh jewel scott and i were having some kind of like conversations through twitter and you know uh what I was, you know, subconsciously, I said, I, I think I was working through something where I wasn't really unhappy with the video game. Um, Here's the storm that is. And I really did want to pursue. I, I do have specific goals I'm trying to pursue this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, I was just trusting my instincts to say, maybe, you know, just go with what you know, just do what your gut's telling you to do. And so right, my yeah. gut was like, you know. It let it, it let it just took me and played uh, WoW for a while, and you know, uh, as a result, I, I'm coming back and I'm really looking forward to playing. And you know, I think what I did was to start off was I did the brawl, you know, on third on. Yeah, you, you, you uh, mentioned me uh, about that. Yeah, and so you know, three matches, you know, get a loot box, and um, I went uh, two and uh, two out of three, you know, and got MVP on playing uh, Nazebo. And then um, Monday, because the weekend I was away for, I was up in New Jersey visiting uh, some of my wife's friends. Uh, Monday I came back and I said, you know, for, I didn't really force myself. I just said, we got to play a couple games. And so I played two Hero League games. Mm-hmm. Um, I played my, my standard Rhaegar and um, I played, was it Leo? Leo. Leo. I think it was Leo. One, and uh, won both matches and got promoted uh, out of bronze five because I did slip a little bit before I took the break. And then, um, you know, it, it was interesting because the matches, you know, everyone's on. If you read Reddit and you believe Reddit, you'll, you'll <laughs> think that every time you clear up for a match, it's going to take you two days to get a match, especially like a Hero League match. And my experience is, and I'm in, and I'm East Coast playing on central servers, you know, because I, I region lock my client. And um, I experienced about a five minute queue, you know, three to five minute queue for both matches. Yeah. That's and, yeah, for all my matches during prime time. And because, you know, I have over about 200 games in this season, I think that they really know what my MMR is. You know, there's no kind of variance in my MMR. So um, that's generally a good thing. And um, when it comes to matchmaking, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, both matches, you know, the te- you know, the players were, you know, we cooperated. We were behind a couple of times, but we managed to come back. And then, so I got those two wins. And then Tuesday, I got two more wins. And I know you say four wins is, and, but it's a good start, you know, and taking that break. And I guess, you know, there was this mental 
attitude I had where I had to play three Hero League games a, a day, kind of like the state of my status. Mm-hmm. And I'm making a mental adjustment to say at least two. I think two is good. I think three might be pushing it, you know? Yeah, depending on what it is. Like, for whenever I would play, like, I would only play, like, one, you know? Like, I would do one, and if I lost, then I wouldn't play anymore. And if I, like, won, mm-hmm. and I would do another one, and I would win, I would be fine, you know? Like, and then I'd be done. Like, I'd just play two. Like, I, I didn't want to give myself, like, too much. Yeah, and so that also gives you, like, if you want to learn another hero, go ahead and do that. You know, go into try mode, pick up the builds, mm-hmm. you know, try it a few times, go into quick match, you know, try out in quick match, try a quick match build, you know, and graduate into that. So if you want to spam games or you want to play a number of games, I recommend, you know, Stick to your class, you know, stick to your comfort picks and play a couple of matches of Hero League and then start bridging, um, branching out a little bit and trying to pick up yeah. if you have the extra time in the week, learning the other heroes that you want to put in your pool that you think are meta, that you Absolutely. think that will help. You know? So for me, that's, you know, and I wanted to play two more games tonight before the game, but my wife wanted to spend some quality time together. So, uh, <laughs> so I didn't get my two matches. But I think after this ma- after this cast, you know, it, it either we'll do a, a dual queue into Hero League and try to, yeah. you know, get our po- get our po- get our ponies for the by next Tuesday know, or, maybe, you know, maybe we can even turn it into a stream thing or something where we can push put it up as like a two of the storm. Yeah, sure. Stream sure. night thing. That'd be kind of cool. And then put it up on the YouTube channel and then we can just kind of bridge that as part of this kind of stuff. Yeah. The other interesting thing about this weekend was I listened to the podcast for the first time. We've oh. we've canned seven episodes and I really haven't listened to any of them yeah. because I don't know why. I just And so my wife was in the car and said, you want to hear what I'm doing? And so it's like, <laughs> she's like, you know, she's like, well, I don't a little, know. A little, a little skeptical about it. Yeah, but but then she listened to it and she's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I'm going to say, you have a really good radio voice. (laughs) I, myself, have not a great radio voice. So it could be the microphone. I also noticed I'm saying, well, I use a Yeti like you. I might might have to like change. I might have to go uh, play around with the uh, the settings on the Yeti. I feel like mine's, uh, I tend to have a, you know, more raspier kind of, Mm -hmm. um, nasally type voice and but you coming through clear i mean like it's like you're very crystal clear i'm mm-hmm. a bit more mm, <laughs> i think i can work on it and yeah but some of my excuses are number one my wife's asleep upstairs so i'm trying not to, to project and be right. you know you have my radio voice you know right, and yeah, talk exactly right like that's a, that was a really good per- <laughs> you know i can do my projected radio voice if right. you want me to but i tend to be a little bit more reserved because i'm trying not to you know disturb my wife upstairs yeah. now we do have a yeah, I do have stuff, but I noticed that. I also noticed I said the word um a lot. Um, um, um. That's totally also, normal I, when it comes to podcasts. <laughs> Just to yeah, talk about like, you, you don't do it. I do it a little bit more. And the other thing that was kind of funny that I thought was, um, there you go. There's the um, right? Uh, the, oh, man, I had it on the tip of my tongue. Uh-oh. You oh, lost it. Air. I yeah, lost it. That's why no, I picked it up. But it was enjoyable, too. I mean, it was funny because I was like, oh, yeah, I remember we were talking about that. Yeah. And, you know, we were diving deep. So anyway, so I encourage you to listen to your podcast. You know, if and if, if you don't listen to I listen to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, I know, don't know. I, I try this, to follow. I have this okay. weird. It's like once I put it out in the wild, I don't want to, like, taint my own viewpoint of it unless it's something I like want to get value from it again. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, it's like I've, I've created it, now it's out in the wild, right? So if I go back through right. and listen to it, I just feel like, I don't know, it just feels weird to me a little bit. So I, I just don't do it all that often. Sometimes I do if I want to, like, make sure it's out. Like, in my editing process, I listen to parts of it like, constantly, and, like, you know, the last thing I want to do is hear it more. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, you know, uh, thought you have a really good radio voice. Like, you know, it came through again. You know, I've listened to your content before, so right, it's yeah. not. But I thought, like, compared to me, you were projecting much better. Right. And you're more, you seem to be very articulate. Um, I'm a little bit more kind of vague and kind of the ums and mm, let me think. It, yeah, I think and, it depends on how much you've, like, spent time thinking about the ideas you, t- you say it. So, like, the first yeah. time you say it, it comes off, you know inarticulate in some ways where you're just like trying to piece it together for the first time for yourself and then once you've you know when you're re-articulating it again or, or even thinking it through it another time you, you can really reconvey your meaning more concisely and it's a skill yeah. you know and, and the especially yeah. the ums and the uh and the verbal tics that we have mm-hmm. um like see i'm doing it right now but like that comes that comes out the more often you speak in a recorded format like this or doing videos you know i, I have the like saying you know I, that's one of my things I was I was recording one of my 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 intros and I was saying you know every other sentence and I was like I need to do this <laughs> and I, you know you kind of find your own verbal tics when you start doing this for long enough and then over time once you become aware of those things then you can slowly take them out and become a more refined speaker just in general yeah yeah and it's interesting you know we've got the seven episodes this is our eighth one by the way and uh you know, we're getting stronger. We're getting more. We're getting more authentic, and I think right. that's absolutely really. And that's you know, when I was talking with Jules through the, not really you know talking, but we're communicating. You know, she did give us give me some feedback, and you know, she said, you know, you guys spent a lot of time talking about wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're more than aware yeah. of that one. Yeah, yeah, we know. I said it's a, we're working through something there, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and we were we were kind of working through something there. You know, where I think there is a natural break. I think that there's you know whether it's Kyle Ferguson and in and, and those guys, they're all well. Kyle's forcing himself to play. Everyone's taking that wild break. Kai Berries is doing it. I mean, and, yeah. And it was affecting the game, you know, the queue times, the lack of, you know, so I definitely think that there was something there. But also, you know, you said, you know, we've been we've been kind of having these private conversations. Something's up with the heroes. You know, we, we think something good's coming, but we also think that we're in a place where we're kind of in that limbo state where we're expecting something great to happen. Yeah, because of BlizzCon and all that stuff. Right. And so we don't know what to expect. It's kind of like they could be really good or really disappointing, you know. So uh, I think I mean, that's something we're going to be exploring later on today um, you know, with the rest of the discussions. But anyway, um, so, yeah, so that was kind of cool. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to t- make it a point to listen to the podcast over the weekend more and just try to take notes on things I can improve. I definitely if you ask me, like one of the things I haven't really been doing is promoting the podcast. You know, I just like we put it out there. We, we do. I do the hero. <laughs> we share it. I do the uh, the weekly uh, podcast rundown, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't go advertising it other than you. Know, maybe this weekend was the first time I actually did promote it a little bit more on Twitter. And yeah, I re- and I relinked it. Um, and that's because I feel like we're still kind of iterating. We're still trying to you know, work out the kinks. And, you know, I think I, once we have an intro and an outro and maybe some music here and there, I'll be right. I'll be more comfortable putting it up there. And, yeah. and, and that's part of the content creation discussion we're about to have, you know, is the community itself when it consumes content, 
it can be very visceral. You know, it's not like, yeah. oh, there's two guys and they're really trying hard. No, no, you suck. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> you talked about WoW for 30 minutes before you even talked about Heroes of like, the Storm. What are they going to talk about Heroes of the Storm, right? You can have those people who are negative. But yeah. And sometimes that negative voice carries, you know, right. Reddit, uh, Heroes Hearth, all the Twitter, they're megaphones for, you know, uh, getting content out there, but they're also sometimes megaphones for, you know, putting a, a kind of a, a contrarian spin on everything. Absolutely. And, and we started seeing something like that later this earlier this week on Reddit as as part of the um uh you know we have a meta sub where you're supposed to discuss things you'd like to see improve on Heroes okay. of the Storms. And we got some feedback there that we'll be discussing later on in, in this episode. So anyway, um I guess we want to Unless you wanted to talk about anything that you did this weekend, I was... <laughs> no, not really. It, you know, I could say how much I procrastinated at my homework and I p- played too, like, you know, too much video games between... <laughs> but that's you're, not exciting. Now, your addiction is Spider-Man. We established that last week. Yeah, I was playing Spider-Man a bit and then I was, you know... I've been playing around with streaming setup. Like, I bought a, you know, the ROG Strix laptop... And then I, I actually just bought over the weekend to a a secondary recording setup for. Oh wow! Um, so I bought a Zoom H4 N Pro handheld recorder. And oh I bought, nice! And nice. I bought two XLR microphones to attach into the uh, bottom of it. And that's this is for my other podcast on feeding curiosity. Right. You know, shameless plug. To basically go out and like as I get more people involved, like my network is starting to slowly expand outward from just like my friend group. So as I get more people involved, I'm going to be, you know, it's a little intimidating to show up with a computer and like headphones and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't, as I get guests who are not as comfortable in front of microphones, like a Yeti, like you're saying before, this is really uh, relevant. When you're talking to a condenser microphone, you kind of have to project your voice more because the, the microphone is so powerful that it, that it will pick up everything around it. And so by getting a like handheld mic, like I like I have two handheld like shorter microphones, uh, stage mics basically. Uh, it, it'll it'll make people who are not as comfortable doing it when they're holding a microphone, like take about that mental barrier of like, oh, I'm actually got to talk differently a little bit uh, to be picked up properly. So that's just like my little thought process there, and part of the the journey that is this recording thing in my basement is slowly turning into a studio with cables crisscrossing the floor everywhere. <laughs> Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, man. there's just a lot of stuff going on over here. <laughs> Sweet. Well, so let's kick off the discussions. You know, there were a couple of major discussions on Reddit this week. Um, yep. You know, obviously we know the AMA. What's funny is, like, I knew the AMA was supposed to be last week, but it didn't happen. Oh, really? I didn't and know bec- that. And I was kind of, like, out of touch, you know, because I was dealing with some family issues and stuff. Right, yeah. But then... um but then, you know, like, then I was like, so I searched and said, oh, it's this week. They moved it a week. So, um, again, they wanted to do it because they wanted to get the balance. Uh, they wanted to get the patch notes and the balance and the, the reworks kind of out there before they started talking about it. So um, so the, AM, the there was a Reddit AMA today. But um, one of them this week, one of the more interesting conversations that popped up was co- about content creation. And... There was a user, let's see here, we have our notes. Uh, it was, the, the topic was, why is why is it so hard to create content for Heroes of the Storm? And uh, it was basically uh, the, uh, Hyundai was the 
author of it, but he was quoting Not Paradox. And it was basically like he was, he and Not Paradox had a conversation and he wrote a blog article mm-hmm. um, discussing what, why is it so hard to create content for Heroes of the Storm? Specifically, he pointed out like the iteration cycles for Heroes of the Storm, the patches and the balance changes. It's super condensed. Right. And it creates this kind of like, you know, if you create content at the wrong time, you're going to be you're going to have <laughs> bad information out there for a right. period of time. I mean, like we were just talking about before we started recording, Pally Time, he's uh, he was on vacation over the weekend and he had a video scheduled to come out on Monday. And the over the weekend on, during HGC, they announced the Brightwing update. And he's like, I hope people aren't upset about the game or the video I post that's scheduled for this week, you know? Like, that's, you know, it's just a funny thing you don't, expect, like, think about, right? Like, for most other games, like, you can be pretty sure that a character, you, you if you come out with a video, it's not going to be misleading for people, right? Because, right? I mean, that like, Metallic Time, he had his title picked out. He didn't have any clue that they're going to renounce a rework. So then, like, there's going to be that, like, certain subset of the population that's going to, you know, see Brightwing video and assume that's the, the rework Brightwing. And then they'll be like, why? Wait, what? You know? Like, yeah. And, you know, so I guess, you know, because of these this cycle, this, you know, how things are going in a three, you know, three to four week cycle mm-hmm, per yeah. change to the game, it becomes a bit challenging to create uh, content, sustained content that's uh, relevant. You yeah. Know? And, you know, and I'm it makes sense to me, you know, and but more importantly, I think, you know, there's the subliminal message, you know. Is it worth it? You know, that's the 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 fundamental thing I'm thinking. He's trying to say he's that's the hardest question to answer for for any sort of content creation. You know, and what's the reward? I mean, because you are create you know you're creating a body of work. You're hopefully mm-hmm. drawing an audience, but is it rewarding? You know, um, because a lot of content creators got it. You know, I think that they got their start because they were trying to make something for themselves that they thought other people would be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I'm not sure if you look at your old, you know, you know, your first look videos or whatever, but do you go back and look at that and say, or, hmm, I got to remind myself why I like that hero or maybe some of the things I talked about. It's kind I of, mean, as someone who can, I'm sorry. It, no, you're good. It, it, this is kind of like, you know, the first few videos was kind of like me just learning the process and the technology behind it. Right. And then just kind of conveying myself in certain ways. And then like, I, I would say like the more, like recently the way I kind of view it is kind of like okay if I'm just going to come out with a video to come out with a video that doesn't do anything for anyone right so mm-hmm. I, like my current spin on things is to kind of like add something to the game to try and like what is like my personal like play style basically and that's why most of my videos have to do with bruisers or tanks or you know those kind of heroes and I don't really try to, I don't try to make content for everyone because I don't think that's the right way to do it, especially in a game as big and complex as Heroes. You're going to burn yourself out in the long run. And if you don't feel comfortable, like if you don't have a large enough like experience base to be able to talk comfortably about a particular role, like broadly, then I don't know if you can really weigh in a lot because, you know, it just feels like you don't have that nuanced view. So then what you're saying can come off as, you know, not thoughtful enough to, to some degree so i don't it, it's just hard for heroes just because of how much stuff changes and i kind of like 
you know, with playing WoW lately, it's it's hard to really keep up with it. And then, like, when I see all these, like, hero reworks happening and, like, this huge ba balance patch this week, I'm like, holy cow, like, I really need to start, like, <laughs> playing more games to get, like, my opinions and straight and stuff like that, you know? But then I got to kind of even take another lens, like, comb through it even more because I can't, like, focus on every hero because I don't have the a big enough tool set to be able to, or, like, times, like, blocked out to be able to commit to basically refining the opinions of all those heroes and to see where they lie you know i'm going to focus on the ones that i really care about like blaze for instance in the most recent patch and then kind of build my ideas around that and then a few other things that kind of have been coming up too that i get touched on later right and so it's an iterative process yeah. it's a process of codifying what you already know kind of tacitly you know these are like some of the, yeah, the like drivers the you for... don't, like have to like spend a whole bunch of time thinking about to be proficient in kind of like i can talk about the tank world pretty proficiently without a lot of extra work yeah and i think you know for him he was he kind of latched onto the whole you know development cycle and how it could be and how it can be challenging because of that iteration cycle to produce videos on heroes that are constantly changing mm -hmm. um tiers that are kind of established might not be changing as much yeah you could probably create content with that but then it gets down to okay so i create the content and then the community will look at it and then they will give feedback and you know like i said reddit twitter they can be megaphones for contrarians <laughs> and so sometimes and as a content creator you know you hear criticism and that's all you hear it's really hard to hear the praise sometimes over the criticism because you're hearing your own criticism yeah. probably more than anything else i mean i'm gonna be honest the heroes community even after my 200 some videos i've got like zero feedback other than like your own for, for my videos yeah. like the majority of people don't really say anything about it um, and that's an interesting another concept is like you're a small content creator oh you've created content but you're like the small one you're not the grubby no I, I got 100 subs on on uh youtube and then like 17 or something on twitch but twitch is more of a variety thing anyways so yeah well i also you know i'm friends with this guy named negative pro who's mm -hmm. produced some you know some of the more comedy oriented uh guides you know for yeah. years of this term and i i laugh because some of the things he, he he's got a very unique kind of a authentic approach to everything he's kind of like the gilbert godfrey of, uh, <laughs> but in a good way now, that's pretty good <laughs> I like it's not very really annoying. It's just, you know, it's 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 just but it's interesting. He's like he kind of just, you know, he puts a lot of memes in there. He, you know, yeah. he's just really he's just really talented, you know, and he's a video editor. And, oh, you know, he, you know, and so I really like his stuff. You know, I mean, some of it hits some you know, sometimes it doesn't. But for the most part, it, it makes me laugh, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and it's well edited. And unfortunately, when it gets out there, you might get like maybe 10 upvotes, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, even and. One of the challenges in Reddit is we have this uh, rule about self-promotion. You're really not supposed to be taking, you know, like, you know, MF Pally Time shouldn't be putting his videos up every day. You know, you shouldn't be putting your videos up every day. I think I might have posted it once ever. I feel really weird about posting my own content anywhere. Right. <laughs> but, you know, what I'm saying like, you know, if like um, uh, Righteous Nikki is someone who was posting his content quite often and i think that the mods had to step in and say hey you, you might want to back that off a bit you know yeah. and it's like you know what they're the guidelines on the reddit rules is like once per week or something like that okay but, but our kind of rule is we want to encourage content creation whether it's videos podcasts written guides whatever put yeah. them up there 
um, but interact with the community as they're giving you feedback. Right. You know, don't just put it up there as your as your tool. Just trying to get clicks, basically. Right. To <laughs> drive clicks to your other site. Yeah. Um, to where you're going to you know, answer all the questions. You know, you're part of this community. Answer the questions in the community. So that's kind of like the t- the tacit rule that we go by. Um, and you know. That's kind of like the way, and, and I'll be honest, as, a, as one of the mods, I sometimes don't even understand how to apply this rule. So I will, you know, if I see like a person creating a lot of content and posting it, you know, um, I will message the other mods and say to them, hey, what do you think? Do you think this is too much self-promotion or no? And, you know, for the most part, we let most things go if it's interesting and, and informative. But you get the point. Right. So there is kind of this like, you're not supposed to be doing it too often on there, but we do want it. We want the content. We want educational content. We don't want it to be, or we want it to be a mix of everything, right? Uh, I think. I think the community gets what they want. But it does seem like lately, it's not getting a lot of educational content. You know, it's it's like onesie twosies compared to all the complaint posts and uh, you know news posts. You know, yeah. so we I would say that we're in like. Uh, we're in a small minority. We're in kind of this one of those weird things where there's not a lot of content creators out there. You are a small time. You do one video every two weeks, like you said, or, or something. Week. Yeah, I try to do one yeah. a week right now, but I just, you know, I, I don't like to just make content to make content. I want to actually make it some something that's actually usable. That's like why I really enjoy this podcast, because even if I'm not making a video, I feel like there's a lot of information in here that's like it's helpful to somebody, right? Or at least it's there mm-hmm. to capture opinions that matter. Or at least, I mean, even if it's just useful for the dev team of WoW, or not WoW, of Heroes, to like think about things in a, in a kind of a more cohesive fashion in some ways, where you're kind of hearing what people think in a nuanced fashion instead of just walls of text, or that kind of mm-hmm. can turn into negativity streams in some ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just think it's it's a little weird. Or it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's just a good way of having format to, to out there so people can just be in a different format, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I do think video uh, guides do help um, convey things a bit quicker, you know, in a sense of like showing you something um, versus describing it in a, yeah, versus describing something in a very pendentic way. You you gotta be wanting to consume that, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, so not paradox, you know, I like his videos. I think he does a good job of keeping them. He tries, I think he tries to keep things under 10 minutes. Unlike us who go for two hours talking about stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He tries to keep his guides around 10 minutes. He tries, he cuts out the boring parts and of like, if he's showing you gameplay and you know, he gets, he has a message usually for each one of those videos. And you know, I like consuming his content. Um, I used to lo- like MF Pally Time when I first got into it. It was only MF Pally Time. I was always you know? watching his videos, and then it got to a point where I honestly thought he was too negative about things. Yeah, yeah. I think he was going through a bit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, stuff. But um, but still, every once in a while, he does produce you know a video. He says, "Hey, look at Zagara," and he's drinking and he's playing Zagara and he's showing you an uh, interesting build for Zagara. And I I do think I discover some builds just because of the way he takes the time to present them. And I know it takes time for him to do that, you know. And you know there was a um, was a cowboy. Um, I don't know, but you know the bottom line is 
the content creators, the, the educators out there, there's it, it's, it is kind of lacking, you know, I mean, and there is a number of people that are just, you know, taking st- streams, you know, they, they take their the clip from their Twitch stream and post it up there. Um, I think like Kyberry's, she probably does it the best where she actually, when she does clip something, she actually is probably educating you while she's doing it from her stream. She tends to, um, I think when she's like, you know, posts to the videos, there are ones where she's constantly making the effort to make it a guide as well. Just, just play the video game. So she's pretty good at that. Um, but like you said, but most people, they, if they're going to watch people play, they're going to watch them on Twitch, you know? So, yeah. and then there was the whole monetization thing that caused a lot of content creators. Right. To that, probably I mean, just, just think how it. crazy it is. Like, cause it, for anyone who starts on YouTube today, you have to get a thousand mm-hmm. subs before you even get close to making any sort of money. Mm-hmm. So if you were just going to strictly do like YouTube videos of Heroes of the Storm, to you like that's not going to get you a thousand subs in a really quick amount of time, unless you're doing something as a pro already, or if you're doing something unique and different in a way that you can, your voice is weighed upon more heavily than the average person, which. Maybe, maybe not. You know, you have to you have to differentiate yourself in some way. And I'm not saying I'm doing that in any way, but you know, I, I think I just do it out of fun to kind of basically feed in how I play, like just taking video games, playing them, and doing something more productive than just playing them to play them. Even though I still do that too, it's just kind of another aspect of it. Um, I don't. I don't know. Content creation is in such a weird flux right now because like there's sites like Patreon and whatnot that to try and monetize your thing but i don't know it's honestly a question i battle with all the time <laughs> like, uh, and i and i'll put it out there i have no in- issue i have no interest in monetizing anything i do ever because i don't think it's that great but then more importantly i just don't think that i'm in a place right now where i don't need to do that right Whereas yeah I, and i respect the people that do it you know there are people out there hustling you know Absolutely. and i don't want to be competing i don't want to be competing for their dollars if <laughs> i do anything for money it will be for charitable reasons yeah you know, to generate oh that's one thing i should mention um just for the video game side of thing so there's the what is it extra life it's the choose a miracle network basically a charity donation for gamers mm-hmm. uh and basically what you do is you, you sign up and then you, you get like a code that's a, your local area children's hospital. And then you just get a, a basically a, a virtual dashboard that instead of like standard donations, it's a click through to their donation page. And you don't see any of the money and the people donate to uh, the hospital. And it's basically extra life. So it's just helping sick kids uh, with terminal illnesses. And that's going to be a usually it's a 24 hour event. I think it's November 3rd this year. But it's already live, so if people like are donating and stuff, I have that live on my Twitch right now, which is twitch.tv slash Wendeltron, and I, I think stuff like that for me is like what I'd rather do with like the gaming side of things for me is trying to do more good with it than just being like try to use it as an outlet for something else. So I work at a place where we have a children's inn that's designed for so I think there's a lot of you know, general population places where the children, they go and they get their treatments, their parents can stay with them and stuff. Right. Yeah. The place I, the place I work, it's a, they perform research yeah. and, um, these kids have to be the bravest kids on the planet because they're, they're taking one for the team. Basically there's mm-hmm. this, where I'm at, it's probably not their chances of survival are not high. You right. Know? <laughs> Cause they probably have something that's real experimental, you know? Right. And, yeah. It's the, it's the last, 
last ditch yeah. effort to kind of make a make a difference. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's definitely success stories. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but, I'm not saying there isn't, but yeah, yeah but, I get it. Yeah, and it's tough, you know, because mm-hmm. you you see them. I sometimes see them uh, where I'm walking around, you know, and it's sad, you know, in the sense that, but sad, but also I'm glad that they're able to, you know have a chance whereas maybe they didn't have a chance right you yeah know? And, any any little bit and, of hope and so these types of things where we can play video games and just give them a little bit of money to further research or right. make them more comfortable make their parents and family be able to be with them and for kids this is hugely scary you know it's yeah. like this is they didn't no one signed up for this so yeah i totally agree and what's interesting was when i became a mod there was a couple of charitable uh Twitch streams for heroes to raise money um, that I, I definitely donated on behalf of the mods, you know, just because right. it's the right thing to do. So, awesome. but no, let's go back to the, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to no, the we thing. Change it a little bit there, but it's okay. But, uh, you know, so the community perception is that when you create content, the community is going to be rather critical and they might say it's too basic. It's not deep enough. It's, you know, not what they're looking for. And, you know, that's part of the drawback of why it's hard to create the content because the community doesn't seem like it's based on, um, you know, upvotes. And I was going to do something where I was going to look at the latest number of guides and see how many upvotes things got, but I got lazy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the perception is if, if there was, if the market was there to create this content and get the up and get the views, it would be there. And right. it's not. People so, would do it I mean, on their own because kinda, there would be opportunities to make it work basically. Right. And especially like content that you would post on YouTube or to take specific time to write a script, edit, you know, put in, uh, you know, uh, stuff. I think right. like, you know, you uh, tend to do gameplay videos. Yeah. Sometimes you put little graphics in there. I mean, not Paradox does it a lot, you know, where he does put like a couple slides in there and kind of explains things. Then he goes mm-hmm. to the gameplay. Um, so it's tough to create that graphics, write that script, you know, and then you get then you don't get the right feedback or you get right. kind of the, the, the really critical feedback. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not the, ad, like uh, not paradox is quoted as saying, it's not the admins or Reddit's fault. Yay. <laughs> but the community's fault because they just aren't interested in consuming it. And I, maybe that's the thing is we haven't really found the format. You know, I think not paradox is close to the right format, but maybe we just haven't found the right format to present that information. Mm-hmm. So I was noodling it, and my suggestion, and if I was going to create content, would be something like the TLDR guides I see sometimes for WoW bosses. You know, yeah, it's they're like, like three to five minutes. I have tried to do stuff like that before. You know, I, I used to have the uh, what is it? Hero basics is what it was called. So it's basically like mm-hmm. explaining the kit of a hero and how they are played, with no talents or anything, just like kind of like how they do like the hero spotlight videos, but even like you know, more streamlined than that, you know, not a marketing video, but just that here's how you play it. Here's some tips and tricks to play better. Hopefully that helps you how to like, basically it was my idea. It was, it was someone would find that video. If they're like queuing for a game and they're like loading to a match and they just want to be like, I don't know how to play this hero. Let me see if there's a video on it. Like that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, but I don't know. It, it just didn't get that kind of popular thing that I expected it would. And, you know, I thought it would like last over longer periods of time too, because if you're just talking about a base kit, that shouldn't really change too often, you know, maybe six months down the road or something like that. So, you know, it's not a crazy development cycle to wor- worry about. Um, other than that, I just think that Heroes inherently as itself 
is hard to talk about because of how many heroes there are and then the basically in a normal game flow there's like a 20 minute flow of the game and the hero changes you know from minute one to minute 20 at least you know but what is it usually like five minutes or it's like a minute a level almost right yeah technically i guess roughly so like you know by level four you got a new talent so you got to talk about level four and you got to talk about level seven then you got to talk about level 10 and then you got to talk about 13 and then 16 and then 20 like you have at least you know that amount of breakpoints to talk about in a given build, but then like to show it is an is a whole nother level. So the easiest way to show it is just play a match, kind of, you know. But then there's all those other extra variables that get thrown into that because you can't take it out of its own vacuum, right? Playing the game. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. Just weird. Yeah, but you know, I think if if I took some time, I probably could come up with something, you know, that would. I mean. The, my my view is as someone who consumes the content now, right? Um, now Paradox does the best uh, right now. It does the best job for me to kind of like get the basics of a hero that I should probably be trying in the meta. Mm-hmm. So, but it takes about ten minutes, um, right. you know, to for him to explain it and to show the gameplay. And yeah, you know, but it's good enough and it sticks. You know, it kind of resonates. It you know, um, I'm the kind of person. Like when Cavalier Guest gives you a suggestion to say like I, this resonates with me a lot because there was a couple I started you know I started playing Malthea and I was like he changed I didn't like him and then someone posted like hey I don't understand Malthea what am I missing right mm-hmm. and Cavalier Guest he made a comment he says basically this is how you play him you you get on a pale horse you jungle and show up for team fights and last rights. And he gave a link to one of the HGC matches. Play like this, and you'll be successful. And for silver players, he's right, because all you do is soak lanes, split soak, get camps, yep. show up for team fights, last rights, rinse, repeat, you win games, you know. Especially, like, on where I use them the most is Sky Temple, you know. Um, and that's my strat. you know, that's one of my comfort picks for Sky Temple is to pick Malthiel. I know I can win lanes. I know I can, I know, I mean, I know I can double soak, get camps, possibly win, you know, some matchups and definitely get last rights. And then yeah. at 20, you know, so, but that, that summary right there helped me immensely to play that hero. I didn't need the breakdown of all the, you know, I didn't need the breakdown of all the talents. I need, no. you know, there's <laughs> just, that's what, I, that's what I'm trying to say. So I think some people, that's right. all they need is that kind of like two minute blurb or two, you know, a couple line blurb, go in here, you know, go in the trainer, try it out, watch this HTC map if you need to see kind of proof how to play it, and then go to town, That's you know? Bad. As you're talking about this right now, I'm thinking of a new title of a, of a, of a, of a playlist or something. You just, a, a hero in two minutes or less, you know, insert yeah. hero name. <laughs> That's why, you know, the, the, hi, hi, this is Mike, this is a too long delivery guide to uh, old year. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the first class. It's interesting. That guy, you know, he does it in three minutes. And all he does is talks about the abilities that you can read in the, <laughs> in the thing. And he shows you a couple, like, little tricks. And that's it. And he's done, you know. And, I mean, I think if you're going to wade into fire. something. Yeah, don't stay on fire. But, <laughs> but the bottom line is, if you're going to start, if you really are going to get your toes wet in the in the content creation, maybe start off with something where you're summarizing it and you're yeah. doing it in two minutes or less. And maybe actually- don't try to create the... Yeah, no, you got no, you're getting my wheels spinning. You're greasing the gears, so yeah. to speak. 
And, you know, what's interesting this week is Cavalier Guest on Heroes Hearth penned, penned a very long essay where he's saying, you know, I know I feel obligated to kind of produce content, but I'm just not feeling it. You know, that's a summary, you know, and it's, it's, and it's oversimplification. But, you know, he's kind of in that place where he's not sure what to do. He want any, you know, he talks about money, but he doesn't really like kind of say I need money. But, you know, I don't think he's really he just he's saying it's a sacrifice he makes, not, you know, pursuing a career that's you know lucrative to make this content. He's passionate about it, but he just doesn't know what to make. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he talks about the guides he's written, you know, these really long pendentic guides on how to tank or something like that, which people pros and uh, what have you, they dice, they digest it and it makes them better players. And I think that, you know, for me, I like looking at his content. I like watching him kind of analyze HCC matches. I like him, you know, I mean, he does produce some interesting content and, uh, you know, I can feel for him because this is his career. You know, this is his jo- this is his job. You know, he watches every HTC match over the weekend, and to not feel rewarded anymore, I can or feel a little bit lost. I can, I, I definitely, my heart's out to him. Once again, though, get back to basics. It's like anything else. If you if you're struggling, you know, simplify. Go back to basics, yeah. and that's why I'm that's saying. Really that, looking at it, yeah, that's why I'm saying. As me as a person, I don't have the time. TLDR is a real thing, you know. Yeah. People are just distracted with their phones and stuff. And I think, like you said, you know, that's what people I think might be looking for is like, can you not paradox is probably the closest I've seen to doing this in the video format. Cavalier guess is the strong is the strongest I guess, I've seen. In the I guess just format. looking from my <laughs> statistics too. If you look at the yeah. average watch time on almost all my videos on average is four minutes. Like it's pretty low, right? Yeah. Like if you if you just think about, um, you know, what are people trying to get out of the video? You're only watching four minutes of your video, you know, that kind of shows you the attention span or what's actually a value, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like if you ask me, like, where you should probably produce content for quick match and then content for here, you know, what I'm yeah. saying like, don't try to put the two together because I think people are looking for. How do I play this here in quick match when I don't know if I'm going to have a healer or a tank? (laughs) You know, so what's the optimal? And if I do have those two things, what what can I adjust? You know, and more importantly, you know, is there specific maps I should try to play this hero on? And can I make this hero work on maps that are not optimal? Yeah. And then in here league where you do have the the ability to choose. Good. I think maybe with the blurb, it works better for a hero league perspective than it does for quick match. You know, in, in some ways. I guess you could do it for either yeah. one, but it doesn't really matter. But, like, just kind of thinking off the cuff a little bit. I play Zero Tool the same way they're playing Quick Match or Hero League. I just might well, take yeah. a few, a lo- one or more. But <laughs> 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 I, might, I might take one more sustained talent. I might take one more sustained talent that I don't take when I'm playing Hero League. But yeah. in Hero League, I tend to take more sustained talents anyway, just so I don't have to be the one getting the heals. You know? so right, like, yeah. You know, get, heal the carry. Don't have to heal me all the time. <laughs> so. But anyway, I cool. think this is a good conversation. Like I said, you know, I do think that the community, uh, from the Reddit perspective, we want more educational content. I don't care how you create it, just create it, put it up there. And don't worry about the upvotes and downvotes, you know, because I participate. So if I think it's interesting, I'm going to say, I think it's interesting. Right. I will retweet it, <laughs> you know, and I think I'm going to make more conscious effort to do that if I think it's, you know, something rewarding for people. And you create more videos. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone that's listening to this podcast, Anchor FM, 
you know, if you want to create a podcast with your best friend and talk about heroes and what you're passionate about, go for it. There's low barrier to entry. So. All you need is a microphone. <laughs> we all got one on our phone. <laughs> so anyway, I really like this. I like what the person uh, that um, Hyundai brought up. I think that they've it's definitely was the time to bring this up. And I hope that we see more as a result. People that are wrestling with this, should I or shouldn't I, you know, hopefully they 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 find the energy to should and just ignore the negativity if they're if it's there and but address it i guess like ignore it but you know don't take it personally but if it needs to be addressed address it and then yeah. produce the content because i think we could definitely use some new content and new content creators i think people need to just like especially when it comes to negativity if it's something you like to do you shouldn't it shouldn't matter whether or not the response you get to make it worth doing you know if it's a feeling for you then it's you know, shouldn't matter because there's always going to be, you know, that one bad apple kind of guy that's going to, you know, it's the negative, the negative uh, outweighs the positive because the people who don't care um, or people who are like think get something out of it are less likely to talk about it, you know, because they're mm-hmm. like, cool, that was interesting. And then they just move on. Whereas someone who doesn't like it is more likely to say something like it's bad in X, Y or Z way. So. So. This the negativity leads into the next topic we wanted. I wanted to talk about and bring up this week, mm-hmm. which is toxicity in Here's of the Storm, and somewhat in the forums. You know, we have a meta forum for Here's of the Storm, our Here's of the Storm, where we uh, ask people if they want to talk about changes to the forum. You know that they bring those questions there um, to have it. You know, and make people aware that it's there and to discuss it there and we get a monthly um reminder it's called the monthly reminder that the sub is inundated with posts and comments whining about toxicity and matchmaking um so and generally it's it's the the you know there's too much discussion about toxicity or you know i got deleted because i you know i got suspended because i my i said you know screw you and chat or something like that so um I guess the concept there is what 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 we think is being requested is maybe we should have like a weekly discussion about things like this, like toxicity, or um, should we funnel it in a weekly moderated post? Um, you know, and you know the people that make this post are kind of critical of the moderators. You know, um, they point out to some run-ins with some of the mods on "Here's the Storm," uh, and we do our best to address it. And one of the things, it is true that we do have toxicity. And one of the number one things we delete posts for or remove, I won't say delete, we remove, because it's never deleted. It's always there. It's just hidden. It's just not front page material anymore. Right. Um, Is, you know, people being rude or not being civil, rule two. The other major thing we remove posts for is low quality and rule five. Um, so those are like, the, if you're going to get a post removed, those are probably the two things that are going to happen. Um, and we do get flare ups of people that will, you know, complain, uh, non-constructively either about being suspended or how the matchmaker is broken, you know, and it seems to be a systemic thing, right? It happens weekly, if not, but, you know, almost daily, you know, and, so what is, you know, what can we do as administrators and as a community to kind of 
address this because it's, you know, I guess it becomes kind of exhausting and, and depleting to constantly go to the forums and see these types of posts. It doesn't present the fact that the game is healthy. It seems like the game is unhealthy to a, a casual player. Um, to many people, it, it's just... Yeah, it's like, why would I put my time in this game if it's, you know, this toxic and this yeah. bad, you know? And that's a good question, you know, and like I said, you know, what we're thinking about as as mods is putting up a moderated discussion uh, to discuss is like the matchmaking quality, you know, make yeah. it a weekly I actually had discussion. A, I could actually talk about negativity today, a pretty bad one. Honestly. Go for it. So I was playing one game, I played two games of quick match earlier today, right when I got home. And what happened was we had a garage. In this garage, he was silenced. So his way of whenever th- something happened that people he didn't like particularly, a particular player, or someone was late to an introduction or something, he would ping that person repeatedly. He would do the four, wait like the one second that it took, and then he would ping again. And he would do that until like it was just obnoxious, right? And then it got to a point where like midway through the game, we kind of called him out or something, like so he can't respond. And so he like fed intentionally a couple times. And then because he's playing Garage, he went into the fray and was literally actively throwing us into the enemy team to ruin our positioning. Or, like, throwing someone into our team, like, right on top of us. And then not fighting. Like, not participating. And so actively threw the game for us. Because he was silenced. And we were, for some reason, not, like, playing to his liking for one reason or another. Like, one time he died and I, like, had no mana. I'm like, I can't... What am I supposed to do as as a healer? Like, you know, it's just... That kind of thing is just really like it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth after you do it. It's just like, you know, it's just really uh, like I don't know. It's just not fun to deal with that, especially with a hero like Garrosh who has like this toolkit that everyone was scared about being used in that toxic way, and then to actually mm-hmm. have it happen, like that was mm-hmm. the first time I've ever seen it, and it's also because I play a lot of Garrosh, and I, I never thought about you know actively throwing for my team in that way, like legitimately throwing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. To me, it's just like, I'm like, when I see stuff like that, I'm like, I hope that person's proud of themselves that they, you know, felt the need. They were so, like, they were so upset for whatever reason that they needed to take it out on people they've never met and, you know, proverbially ruin their own day or ruin someone else's day too. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just Yeah, it's basically a waste of 20 minutes of your time. Right. You know, didn't try. So, you know, that's what the report system's for. You report them. Uh-huh. Um and you, and you just have to move on. And that's what I've learned. You know, yeah. it's like you can't let the game trigger you. And one of the things we talked to me in the beginning, I talked, you know, I said, hey, I got this four win streak, you know, which was yeah. good. Every game I paused, I, I sent text to every person saying good game, well played. And mm-hmm. if I remember something specific they did, I said, you know, good job on that. Yeah. And, um, you know, some people do block chat. So, you know, I would say out of, the 10 players minus myself so none of the nine players maybe six go through uh, mm-hmm. you know that actually get and out of that i would say i get about 50 to 60 percent positive response thanks you know i would say yeah, yeah. in general like talking about back to like my games lately i've actually had like really positive games overall mm-hmm. like i've had games where it's just like the team just messes well we're all just having fun like sure maybe it's like a one-sided match for the other team like for us like it's just fun like we're just having fun we're like no one's arguing with each other we're all kind of making plays and just you know no one's trash talking anybody like it's just fun when you know people just kind of play the game to play the game 
And mm -hmm. lately, like, besides this garage example that I just gave, like, I haven't really had any issues. Like, certain games, it's just like, oh, well, you know, bad luck, kind of. I mean, that's pretty much what you just have to say when you lose. So the outcome of this discussion is that I think that the suggestion is that we have a weekly, they call it a mega thread, but we just call them either auto-moderated posts or what, where we, the rules are that you can only post in that, in that sub or under that, that heading, any other yeah. posts that fall outside of that, like, you know, we like for looking for groups. So people sometimes will post a looking for group post, but we have a specific day when you're supposed to do that in Reddit. Now, it seems kind of weird, you know, because, well, we're a 24-7 shop. Why do we have to kind of um, do something like that? And I agree. It is. It does seem kind of uh, forced. But I think in the long run, what we're also trying to do is there's a subreddit called Soccer for our soccer. And they have a week, the daily, they have a daily thread, which they use filters based on um, flair to uh, tag post. And then you basically, it's like a, it's kind of like a sticky within a sticky. And we're hoping that once all the redesign crap goes, you know, stabilizes to some degree, mm -hmm. we can do something similar in our, in our forum where there's a dedicated post every day that has links to all the weekly, like the LF, you know, the LFG uh, thread. Yeah, look, looking for group and yeah, things like that. Right. You want to complain about matchmaking thread, you know, basically it's everything gets flared and and kind of reported there. Yeah. So, but I think we are going to probably add a moderated post uh, either next week or the following week to kind of address matchmaking quality or it's like Monday matchmaking quality or quality, Monday quality. Ma it's, I it's like one of those that, things. honestly, because it, it, it'll give, it'll give an outlet for the, for the community. And then also on the other side of it, it gives an outlet for the dev team to kind of see what is the, you know, the, like the thermometer of the of the, the community at the same time too, right? Instead of just having to like sweep through Reddit and be like, or just sweep through whatever they do and be like, what are the people thinking about kind of thing? They, they just have it all there for them, right? And over over time, that's just going to get better because they, they keep talking about how they're revamping matchmaking and have better formatting for, or like, notification on reporting system and things like that too and you know there's always going to be the post that slips through is going to complains and you know we're going to and we like we try to reserve ourselves and try not to delete them automatically you know, but you know we do rely on the community um we rely on the community to report posts that they feel are against the rules and so every post that gets reported i will take you know, a few minutes out of my day to review it and determine yay or nay if I think it needs to be removed. Mm -hmm. And myself and Thunderclaw are probably the two most active mods, um, you know, in the Heroes of the Storm space um, with regards to uh, moderating content, you know. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, I love Homer. She uh, She's uh, also pretty uh, active, but she I think she splits her time with all, all the other subs she's on, too. So um, she's got more of a broader job. And um, yeah, Thunderclaw and Thunder. Yeah. She's also just became a WoW moderator. So oh, wow. She's going to have her work cut up for her. <laughs> I, I, I haven't said something to her. I was going to say, how how much how big is your queue, mod queue? Because every morning I get in, we have about 20 items, 20 or 30 items I have to go through to kind of upload or downvote to if we're going to keep it or not. Oh, I wow. wonder what this, the, when they have, and so WoW has a million subscribers. We have 200,000 200, we just broke. So and we get about 20. So I figure with a million, you're probably getting about 40 to 50 reports a day. Wow. Or, 
<laughs> per or, you know per and, cycle per and second. adding more subreddits on top of that yeah, yeah. I can just imagine well, she's a passionate gamer so what, are, <laughs> what hey, can I say more power to you so with that um, there was some interesting news this week uh, with regards Lots to the <laughs> with regards to uh, you know next week there's going to be two major reworks so this is the rework cycle where we're going to see a new map uh, Garden of uh, Terror Garden of Terror as well as I'm we're so going to get two two really interesting hero reworks uh, Kerrigan and Brightwing yep. I think myself I'm looking forward to the Brightwing rework because I've always wanted to get good with her and I think th- these changes are going to make her a freaking monster it's like that little fairy dragon she's going to be a monster I think get, the fact that they give her an AoE cleanse even though it doesn't cleanse stuns or is it roots uh, it doesn't make you unstoppable. Okay, that's it's, what it is. It's, it yeah. doesn't have you unstoppable. So, so you basically can't pre cleanse, right? That's basically right. what it is. Um, it, because she has that, it's huge. Because there's not really anything like that except Lucio at level twenty, right? Right. And or sixteen. The unpronounceable. Oh, uh, well, he is unpronounceable. Uh, yeah. Trade at twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna. Unless you speak, unless you speak Spanish natively. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Brazilian or something like that. But yeah, it's true. Um, having that, and then I think just as from a design level, the 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 heroes dev team has really gone through. Like, if they were to win any sort of award for for like this year of hero design, the the design for supports to creating an interactive gameplay loop is just out of this world. You know, yes. we're, we're, we're now they're adding, they sped up the animation for her Q, first of all. That's amazing. I think that was really mm-hmm. well done on that part. And then they also gave her the, whenever you hit someone in the center, you get an instant pulse of your heal. And like, that is just such a rewarding gameplay cycle. Because if you mm-hmm. are playing the hero right, you have, you're doing damage through Q and being impactful. And then on top of that, you're healing your team better. So it's just like, instead of becoming this, you know, passive little heal bot floats around your team and you're like, you get healed, you know? to do my worst bright wing impression ever. Um, and I think, I think cool. the, the other thing they've done with that, the talent rework is make you Bible again. You know, yeah, so, yeah. And the there used to be too. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is that the, you know, the choice of cleanse before it used to be a hard choice. Do I take a cleanse? Do I not? Most people who play Brightwing wouldn't take cleanse. Yeah, because the, the face shift build was just so powerful back yeah, then. The shield is way better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So now we don't have to make that tough choice. Now, they did scale some things back here and there. The Emerald Winds is not going to be as powerful as it used to be, but it's still going to you know, the Emerald Winds. Um, so it's going to be playmaking. Yeah, but that was a passive buff anyway. So just to do 5% more healing with your path, through the myths rather. So it's not like it's, you won't, you don't really feel that change, right? And then, you know, and I don't, yeah, I mean, so we're going to talk more about that probably next week. So we don't want to get too far. Kerrigan, she's going to be a monster too. I think she's going to be the new Rainer with all of her resets. And the added mobility just... is going to be really interesting to see how she falls out because the people who were already good at her are going to be like, wait, why would you give me even more? You know, <laughs> I, lo- I just think you know, she just she's going to just like like be like Chinese. She's going to be like checkers, right? Where she's yeah jumping over the place. She's going to do the double and triple jumps all yeah. around, all over the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't play her a lot, but when I do, I, I, I you know, QWE, QWE, right, QWE. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think so. because of the way that they're changing her, is just 
really healthy for her play style because mm-hmm. you know she's she's like that mage right or that melee mage mm-hmm. combo mage where when she presses all her buttons and if she misses it's like welp I'm dead now or I'm stuck here yeah. right you know and now I gotta suffer the consequences of my mistakes <laughs> yeah. you know you have failed me for the last time and then you die <laughs> mm-hmm. but the one that's probably getting the most traction on Reddit right now is the fact that Blizzard has announced that they're going to change Team League and they're going to take away the restrictions on uh, queue, how you queue. You can queue solo, you can queue as a four stack, two stack, three mm-hmm. stack. So no more restrictions on Team League. It's going to be the mode, I think, that they encourage people to play with your friends, play how you want. Um, and then they're going to still relieve Hero League the way it is, which is a solo queue experience. Yes. I find I totally like didn't even notice this change because it was like all at the bottom. And I saw it on mm-hmm. Twitter and I was like, oh, my God, like it totally was like exciting for me because that's how like when I was when we were playing a lot, like lately, some of my friends have not really enjoyed the game because it's just matchmaking again, which we've already talked about. So I'm not going to talk about it again. But basically, like we would wind up playing like Team League or something because we'd have like two or three people on. And then all of a sudden that fourth person would come on like an hour or two later or something like that. And then we'd be like, well. Uh, back to quick match, I guess, guys. And But we still, like, wanted to kind of play competitively just because match quality is the thing. And, you know, because you just want to have some sort of structured format behind it. And it's just, you know, when that goes away, it kind of takes away the fun of it. And, like, being forced to play, like, a non-competitive mode versus a competitive mode is, like, eh, sometimes, you know? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing, and I'll say, you know, with regards to coordination, like, when WoW... Even though while they introduced the um, the concept of the voice chat, I think Heroes' implementation of voice chat is way better. Yes. Whereas like, when you queue up, I mean, people can just join. You don't have – and so I can see this change plus the voice changes um, being a positive thing. Now, yes, you're going to run into the clowns and the, you know, and the groups of people who are jerks to you and stuff. But I think, like, you know, knowing that there's going to be a group of two or a group of three that are – Pop, most likely using the voice chat system within Heroes um, will make people probably want to use voice chat a bit more as long as people are nice to them, you know, and not being jerks or calling them out or anything. Yeah, and I think so. in Heroes too, voice chat is way more important than it is in WoW, just because everything is... Mm-hmm. WoW is a little bit less static, mm-hmm. or more static, rather, you know, like certain rules, certain things happen, it's not like you need to like ping a whole bunch of times or like Say like, hey, watch out! Someone's rotating on you. Like, you know, if you're one second too late, that person's dead. Then, right? Where in WoW, you yeah. can kind of react as a team, and people know what they're supposed to be doing on a given moment. More, I don't even know. It's just like a maturity of the game kind of thing, right? Because there's like yeah. a certain skill level where people like WoW's been around for what since 2004, so it's a yeah. long time. So like the the culture of the game is pretty much solidified. Um. Well, for me, it's like raiding. Like my guild, we have a we have a Discord server. So right. when we raid, when we we, we plug people in because we do want to plug people in for certain pieces of the content, gotta give them our Discord information, you right. know. And it's still a pain in the ass. Whereas in Heroes, I don't you know people don't just don't use Discord as much anymore because you don't need to. It's 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 pretty well integrated. It works. And here, like the one thing I'll say about uh, WoW, I feel like you know my key binding like. In the, uh, if you just use the Blizzard, uh, um, I'm sorry, the Blizzard, uh, 
Blizz Talk, whatever you want to call it, is mm-hmm. when you're just off the launcher. Yeah. I can use I can use an unlock key. But what I mean, well, I can't use an unlock key for my push to talk. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of just jacked up. Now, that's weird. So, rating and mythics will be the only two places I think that you need to have some type of voice chat. You know, mm-hmm. mythic plus is it. This is, you know, but once again, back to heroes, I think that because they've added the voice chat, they're taking away these restrictions. I can see that making it, you know, more palatable for people to play, you know, mm-hmm. and, and choose that mode, that team mode. Here's the other thing. When you play Team League, you get more XP per uh, hero, you know, per, per person in your party. So the solo person is going to actually, um, the, when they first queue in, they're not going to get as much experience versus the four stack. Yep. Um, but they won't get as much gold. They will get the gold bonus. So there's a lot of incentives to play Team League. And well, I, I didn't I even think right about now, that. And I can tell you right now, if the guy's any good, like, you know, if you're a four stack and the guy that you brought in was any decent he's going to be in your group the next right next, absolutely the next match we, we've I mean, had, that's had how it happened myself where we played with the three stack and all of a sudden we had an, you know a duo and they're like hey these guys worked out really well let's just queue together <laughs> so i definitely think it's going to be interesting there is definitely you know and one of the other things is that you're when you do your placements you got to choose either hero league or team league you can't choose both you know and queue up um so i'm well, hoping that, that that's you interesting get, so I guess that there's some kind of potential that your MMR might not be separated or something. We'll find out more. I mean, I was hoping that they would release more information today in the AMA, but they really didn't. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's probably going to be a blog post within the next 24 to 48 hours. Probably to talk about um, what their specific reasoning is behind this more in depth than what they put as a developer comment. Yeah, but it makes sense. It's an iterative choice. And I, I definitely think this season... It's time. You know, I think it's a good I think it's a good move. It'll be interesting. Um, But, you know, the things that we've also heard that uh, we haven't heard anything about, which is like lost forgiveness, um, you know, potential for performance based matchmaking. These things weren't even discussed today and you haven't heard anything yet. And next Tuesday, season four begins, you know, so I'm okay. I'm speculating that next Tuesday season four begins. I'm speculating that's the case based on the fact that the week of the 24th is when the season's supposed to end. But Blizzard does extend seasons sometimes, especially if they're iterating on something or think they need more time. So right. more to come. And when I look at my when I look at my matchmaking, you know, when I'm looking at matchmaking, there's still a lot of time left on that lower lower right corner so i don't know maybe that's an unannounced thing like you can't hover over and see how many days are left it's just kind of like it's a progress bar for when the season's ending and there's still a lot to go so i'm like hmm, maybe not sure. maybe not we shall see we shall see but anyway good news interesting more to come i'm sure we're going to hear more about it over the weekend um with regards to the these changes in the ama they did briefly uh, briefly touch on it but they really said yeah, we're not really sure exactly what we're going to do yet. Maybe that was just them being coy, even though they have a big announcement. Or you know, you never know with Blizzard. So <laughs> soon, TM, right? <laughs> they, you know, we'll talk more about the. And I think that's where we're leading into now yep, is the it's AMA. Definitely AMA. So, so, yep. So there was an AMA, and AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. Um, Heroes of the Storm's uh, development team likes to do these uh, these things now monthly. Um, it started back in April where they felt like between ju- probably December and March, they weren't really communicating with the community very well. They would you know, do their blog post. They might post a video talking about some future things. But then at Gamescom, uh, 
not not Gamescom, sorry. Uh, what was it? PAX East, when they released Deckard Kane. Um, because they really didn't talk about all the problems in the game, matchmaking, you know, all that kind of stuff, the community erupted on Reddit. It was basically, <laughs> and I wasn't a moderator at the time. I was, you know, still just doing my weekly, you know, my mm-hmm. viewer discussions. But it was, it was pretty toxic. <laughs> it was pretty, and you know, I became a mod like a couple of weeks later because the mods are like, we need more help. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's like great, you know. but. Uh, yeah, so um, so then you know Blizzard, uh, the development team made it a kind of a, a thing to do it every month, and it was great because they you know they didn't shy away from yeah you know, they did their blizzards, you know, but the first couple AMAs I think they they were very direct and they were committing to specific timelines to get things done, and to make the changes that the community was looking for, such as you know double ban more, more bans, uh, matchmaking quality. Um, you know, you name it, they put it in there and they were yeah. doing the best they could to address the major concerns. And I think they you gotta give them a hand. They they committed to that schedule and they and just like WoW, you know, when they had those content lags and stuff like that, the Blizzard team, you know, they you know, they redoubled down in Legion, they became very content focused. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all the complaining I read it about matchmaking quality, it's an iterative process. They made the changes in July to you know tighten up the matchmaker matchmaker. And one of the one of the it wasn't the one of the major things uh, discussed early in the AMA, but it was addressed was they are aware of the fact that the matchmaking can take time in non-prime time hours to match people uh, uh, in in interesting matches and more importantly the reason they said that is because there's sometimes people have a lot of variance in their mmr versus their uh their pra you know yeah. their, their performance adjustment like the way that they've seated they seated at platinum but they might be bronze or they might be grandmaster and when there's so much variance in their in their skill and their number of games played it becomes harder for the matchmaker to determine a quality match and so it, yep. you know so they experience much longer queue times so blizzard did address that and said hey listen we're aware of it we're going to probably make some adjustments uh so when off meta, off prime time hours you might see more rainbow matches where you're you know you have <laughs> platinum, well platinum gold silver maybe a bronze you know mm-hmm. and you're just gonna have to deal with it if you want if you want a match this is the match you're going to get right you know? yeah um, beggars then, can't be but, choosers basically right well, if you're going to, and, you know, as more and more people play, maybe there won't be this last off time. Right. Um, so that's one of the things they're going to try to make happen well, probably in the next month. They, they tend to be able to put those things in pretty quickly, you know, if they need to. So, um, so there's that. And the fact that they, they want to also um, try to, I guess, they're 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 seriously considering getting rid of the whole obscurity of the of your MMR. They they want to probably eventually just implement an MMR system and just align it to, you know, bronze, silver, you know, right. gold. Yeah. yeah. Instead of having a secondary point system and all this stuff that right. confuses it. Yeah, and that's and they they said that's further out. You know, they're just in the beginning stages of discussing that. So, you know, take that what it but. I don't know if what they said is actually going to appease anyone. It's more of the show me kind of thing. Right, yeah. And the perceptions, you know. But, you know, they explain why some people will get these two, you know, uh, two-hour match making cues and things like that. And like I said, for me, during prime time, 
three to five minutes, I get a match. Yeah, I haven't really. I don't know. I feel like that 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 issue, that discrepancy of waiting for really long periods of time, is for those outlier cases. You know, the top one percent of the population of the game, right? So yeah. it becomes a a situation where the devs, how do they balance the game? Right? Do they cater mm-hmm. to the one percent or do they cater to everyone else? Kind of like. You know, and I mean the one percent on both ends too. Like if you're really really low, you're gonna have the same kind of deal. But I don't know. It's it, and we do, and we have no idea what the back end looks like, right? To be able to make that kind of system, whatever this matchmaker is, mm-hmm. unless you have any sort of programming experience, the you know to have any sort of way of exp- talking about it in a, in a in a nuanced way outside of like I want better matches, you know, and just you know kind of headbutting your keyboard so to speak I don't really know if it's worth like complaining about all the time well I think you know a video game I want to sit down I want to play it I yeah. don't want to have to wait right. and I get that too you know and I don't know what it's like in League of Legends or uh, Dota you know so you play that more so do you feel like the the wait times are about the same or yeah I would think- say they're about the same maybe League is a little bit quicker but you just kind of click play and then it pops up and then you can like I think League has one system I do like where they when you click play it puts you in a queue and then when you have a match that's ready it asks you to click play again or like enter or join match so that basically if anyone's AFK if someone doesn't like hit it in a couple seconds then it'll go back into the queue again so that whoever was not ready gets knocked out of the queue so then you don't have AFK as well a draft or something that waste your time five minute queue (laughs) Yeah, and that's cool. And I think that's definitely something they they should be able to iterate that pretty quickly. You know, yeah. like a ch- ready check. You know, yeah. the other thing I think is kind of important is the ban, right? So who gets in charge of the ban? And to me, playing in a in a ranked match, the person who's banned who doesn't ban is a great annoyance um, because I feel like <laughs> you're you're put into a disadvantage. You know, you know, it's not a huge disadvantage. I mean, but it's a significant one. I right. mean, you know, where it it creates a little bit of toxicity. My feeling is, is the person who's in banning hasn't hovered someone to ban within, like, say, you know, twenty minutes, twenty seconds of having that ability. There should be like a vote to. Uh, Cool. So anyway, uh, yeah, so bans. You know, so it's annoying when you lose the ban. And could there be something where you could vote the person off the island for not banning? You know? <laughs> or just take <laughs> over and, and ban something? If no, Like, basically just let it open up. If someone doesn't, if the guy who's banning doesn't, like, you know, hover or wants to forfeit it, you know, maybe the person's, you know, got the ban and they're like, I don't know what to do. Let the yeah. other people choose the ban, you know. So, you know, what's interesting, and I, you know, so... I don't know if the technology is there, if it would be a significant rewrite, so I don't want to assume. But that, to me, would be something, a quality of life improvement that I'd like, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but maybe they, they look at it and say, well, you know, it is part of the learning process. Right. You know, sometimes you have to screw up. So, uh, I don't know. So, should we just get like, a quick, um, highlight of what the AMA was about? Some of the, the things that stood st- No. No, we're only going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But uh, so this was the balance AMA, uh, balance and matchmaking. Like class design, yeah. right? Um, class design, yeah. Sorry, but matchmaking got thrown in there. I thought. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so there was you know so, um, but some of the things we already talked about. Well, the soul lane was yeah the soul lane we haven't got to yet because we're going to we'll, do that. We'll, in we'll do that in a bit. Yeah, but that was covered soul lane and you know 
is that it's kind of stale was discussed and that was good um definitely uh you know the acknowledge the developers acknowledging that they're aware of it um you know and, and that they'd like to consider some they don't want to change the ammo in the towers that was the thing that was yeah, they they are quite a bit. yeah so they're interested in kind of uh Iterating there a little bit, probably after BlizzCon, most likely. <laughs> um, I can't see them making major gameplay changes before BlizzCon because I'm sure the teams would not be really happy about that. Um, so then there was, uh, you know, your typical, hey, how do you balance a hero? Uh, what make, you know, what's your selection criteria for reworks? Um, there, there was a lot of those types of discussions. And, you know, there is kind of a blues, there is a summary post on Reddit that kind of highlights all the uh, important topics um, that were brought up. They they do a pretty good job. What happens is we have like um, a, an actual subreddit dedicated to blue posts for Heroes of the Storm. So if you ever just want something to filter all the uh, um, blue posts that happen on uh, the uh, Heroes of the Storm subreddit, you can just go there. Um, but and the, the the summary here is a pretty good um, kind of highlight of the major things. So um, they talked about the balance patch creation process and how they go about you know doing that. They discuss baseline quests where some people just feel that the pros don't pick uh, heroes with baseline quests anymore because it, you know even though it does have this rewarding gameplay if you once you complete the quest. It seems like it's... It tells your un- strategy too much. Yeah, and it's under power. It can actually put you at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, for the most part, I think, the you know, the Blizzard team, they like to have some heroes with that capability because, it, you know, for non-competitive play, it seems to be a rewarding experience. So, right. your choice. Uh, you know, and I haven't really tried KT since his, um, his uh, rework. Um, I wanted to, but, it, you know, and I have played KT, and I did like playing the quest, you know, the quest game with him, you know, to get him to unlock the power. But uh, so I haven't tried him since the rework. So I would like to see how that feels. I have played against a few KTs and I have one. And it is scary to play against a KT who's fully, you know, <laughs> this battle station. Sorry. Fully- oh, sorry. 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 Technical difficulties. This battle station is fully operational. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> when it's KT's on, he's on, and it's scary. Right, yeah. I mean, I think when you can give a character, like, a talent that's kind of, like, become integral to their kit and their, like, playstyle, there's an activatable button, right, Glacial Spike I'm talking about, as part of his reward for playing the hero properly, just is it's just a good, like, a more, more cohesive design, I think, and it just, I think it just feels nice as a quality of life for the hero. And then it adds, like, a certain level of skill to it, right? Because then you're not, like, being punished for not taking the talent because it's so integral. And then at the same token, too, it it also opens up a whole different build path for the hero because now for the people who are already, like, proficient with it, they're like, wait, I get to take a whole new thing here, right? You know, something they never even got to factor into their builds before. I think it's just a smart design overall. Yeah. And then... um the uh, battlegrounds they talked about 
theater process for battlegrounds. Someone what we were discussing was someone brought up train night as an option as, as a maybe a possible feature, and the develop developers were like, "Oh, that's interesting. We didn't think about that. We don't have anything active, but yeah, maybe let's go back and noodle now and see if we can do something." Wait, what was it? The train height. Oh, train height. Right, right. Yeah, we were met, we were mentioning this earlier before mm -hmm. we started recording. I don't know how yeah, you do that in a game with, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's what they're there for, right? That's right. what these guys, they get paid to do, you know? Like, <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is there is a one map that no one likes to talk about that does have terrain height. Well, terrain's difference. Can you think of that map I'm talking about? No, I don't. It's a map that has a top lane and a bottom lane, like where you go down in the mine. <laughs> oh, right. I didn't even think, wow. Haunted Mine is not, I've not played in that map in a while, and I totally just, <laughs> I didn't even think about that as height, but I guess that is height. True. <laughs> you know, where you're on the top level or the yeah. bottom level, and it's funny, because I don't know if they really were thinking that way, but uh, I think they were thinking about climbing up a mountain more so, or going into a chasm. Right, I think versus, like a slope, not like actually yeah. like a mine or something like that. Like I think of like a three-dimensional gradient kind of, where you're going up or down something. Yeah, and where does, you know, is there, you know, can you be blocked? Is a block line of sight? Right, yeah. so. Like, is there a ramp? So if you're going up and down the ramp, does it, like, block a skill shot if the person's yeah. on there or something like that? And then um, one of the more interesting discussions was the main tank design. And, <clears throat> you know, where some people felt that Blaze has fallen into that off tank. Uh, bruiser role and the, the lead developer for Blaze was like I always thought he was going to be a good solo tank but you know I know funny uh, how that works right but I think you're, when we talk about the balance patch uh, they are making changes there and it's also in response to the solo lanes being somewhat stale so that was covered uh, obviously matchmaking um, oh, they always like to talk about mobility you know Genji Tracer you know how that affected the game. Um, Underestimated too. <laughs> and you know talent diversity. There's always that issue. And then um, then they had specific. You know they had uh, specific heroes that were brought up. Um, I guess Anna. She, you know there's a future rework. Um, some of her quest talents are probably going to get reworked, and it looks like Healing Dart will eventually be able to pass through uh, healthy That's a targets. Cool change. That's um, a really neat change. Chen, you know, they feel that he's, you know, he's not a main tank candidate at all because he has to drink his brew in order to, you know, and that's not really good main tank kind of <laughs> peeling yeah. and such. A, a tank um, that needs to sit still to be, like, not resource starved. Right. Um, Chromie, they felt that uh, Chromie, you know, they pushed her out of the artillery role, but to keep adding little tweaks to her, and obviously this week's balance patch is no different. Um, so... Yeah, they're acknowledging it, but they keep tweaking the, the crummy to find a mm -hmm. good spot for her. Uh, Illidan, they realize it just right now, his meta is not favorable because of these stuns and CCs. So it really kind of you know limits his, his viability. I guess they're yep. going to hopefully address that later. Malthiel, they know that Tormented Souls lost value when they made the changes to his cleave. Um, they're going to think about it, but... You know, for the most part, he's he's still played and he still has a you know a place in, in some metas. Um, obviously, Mephisto. You know, they talked about. Uh, he's going to go live in the HTC this week, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if he wasn't already last week, I don't think he was last week because that was just, well, mm. maybe he was. 
I don't know. Yeah, and then they talked about um, Tassadar, which, you know, my money is in October, you're going to see the rework announcement for Tassadar because I think he's the last piece of the puzzle to going to the roles, you know, introducing the new role system. Yeah, because he's think, he was kind of on the border still with Toronto. Yeah. Well, he's the last support that doesn't really have a place. You know, he's in that weird support role. So I think once he gets kind of either changed to more assassin or more healer, we'll see. and I think they hinted that they're going to probably lean him towards the assassin role. Yeah, that's, what, it's, that's what it seems like they're saying, just from the way they're commenting on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no specifics. And then Zul, they talked about Zul's, uh, you know, He's being used now on HEC and they like it, but they're also a little bit concerned that, you know, you have a specialist being used as a tank. Is that become, if that becomes the norm, is that kind of wrong? So there might well, be some changes. To they, they also said that he is going to probably be a tank because they asked about roles and they said that certain heroes are going to be changing, but then specifically quoting Tassadar being one of those. Mm-hmm. So. He'd be an interesting tank. I mean, you know, I think he it, could just, be too. Yeah. He's more of a bruiser, but he, you know, he was a, he was a main tank too with a double support. So. Uh, that's the that's the important caveat to to saying anything about Zul being a tank. Don't even go don't even go in your games trying to say I can tank Zul. Please don't. No one. Yeah, out there, please don't do that. I will throw my keyboard out a window. <laughs> and, then, and then in the arbitrary things that they were discussing, one of the things I thought was interesting is opening up shuffle picks and custom games. You know. Uh, would be a cool addition. So, you, you know, like you have the custom game mode. They don't have the option for shuffle picks and no, adding really, that to it. That. Yeah, so they would like to add the shuffle pick option, which is cool. This is the bra, you know, kind of thing. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, and multi-class will be removed during the role rework that was confirmed. So, but read the uh, the Reddit article. We will have it linked. You know, I mean, it's 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 good. Um I guess I'm disappointed because they really didn't talk about season four or any of the matchmaking stuff. And maybe, like I said, you know, we have a few days. Um, There could be a a major blog post that discusses it. Uh, Maybe they're being coy, but I felt that that would be a good opportunity to talk about that. But maybe they they are respectful of the community and don't push their own agenda. They let the community set set the agenda. Yeah, Um, I think it's just the community questions, not for them to say... Yeah, this, this is what we're doing. This is like, hey, th- we just want to be forthcoming with what we're doing here and just right. giving the community an outlet to be able to have some of that more like one-on-one communication with the dev team. Yeah, and I guess for me, with regards to roadmaps and planning, I like knowing the road ahead. And even if you're not going to make all your milestones, knowing where your direction is is kind of an important. And we kind of have the roadmap, I mean, based, but just the idea when you want to see these things hit, you know, mm-hmm. and then where you're at on those iterations. I guess for a game development studio, keeping it a bit mystery is better than trying to hit all your your signposts. And, yeah, and because the, if you overpromise, people get upset. Or if you want to change course, like we thought right. we were going to get Blackheart's Bay and we got a Garden of Terror uh, rework. But the Garden of Terror rework, based on the... The uh, the event, you know, the Halloween type oh, event. Oh man, it looks really cool. Yeah, so I think we're going to talk about that and next week a lot. Yeah, and I think they, I mean, just to kind of touch on it, they really took a lot from the Alteric Pass, the game philosophy to make that mm-hmm. work. Um, you know, pulling it out of a a hero controlled unit and now doing lane pushing. You know, similar to Tomb of the Spider Queen slash Alteric Pass, 
as the core pushing mechanic. I think it just, you know, when you, when you have a mechanic that can push down all three lanes simultaneously, it, it just makes it a more fun experience as a player and as a eSport because then, you know, it's like how well is the team going to mitigate this particular thing, right? Rather yeah. than just say, oh, they're going to get this objective and then they're going to go to run down one lane, you know, and then they got to kill it really fast. Like, that's not really that it, like fun, right? There's no macro to it as much. Right. Also, the fact that you don't have to sacrifice a player in the in the, uh, mm-hmm. the boss is kind of a, you know, that's the, the other gameplay change, which, right. you know, for some maps like Dragonshire and uh, uh, Volkskaya, that's kind of an interesting mechanic, but, you know, it could be somewhat considered overdone, whereas maps like Alltrack um, Valley, I don't think there's a lot like Alltrack Valley, and I think maybe, you know... Uh, I sorry. would say that it lacks mercenary camps. I think the fact that it has none is kind of underactive because it's like, it just feels like when there's like a lull in the action, there's just not much to do, right? Yeah, and that's what you used to do in the, the former Garden of Terror, right? Or are you yeah. talking about um, Alteric Valley? Alteric Valley right now. There's still, <laughs> well, the, camps there's... Just, the camps are still the same in, in uh, the new Garden of Terror. So, yeah, knowing the timing of the camps in Alteric Valley is challenging. You should always be trying to get the mid camp. That really should be when you're in downtime. Time. Yeah, that should be something you're going for. When you win an objective or you get a an imbalance, you should go for the bottom or the top boss. You know, you should try, at least try to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you should always draft heroes that are good at doing that. So I don't know. But, it just but seems yeah, that there kind, should be like one more camp or something. Sometimes I don't know why. I'll be, I'll, <laughs> be honest, I'll be honest with you. I think the Garden of Terror rework. Is good for the HGC. Me too. You know, add another map. Another you know, whereas Blackheart's Bay. Yeah, whereas Blackheart's Bay couldn't see it. I mean, they tried it. I don't know. I just don't see it as HGC material. No, not even close. Because it's not interactive. It's yeah. when it was in the HGC, there was times where the teams would not even fight each other. It was just a race yeah. to get coins. And yeah. it's like what? What? You know, a game where there's no team fights. Like it's complete. Uh, I don't even know. Like it's just not a good philosophy for a competitive scene mode yeah and then of course you know there's still speculation there's a, a map number 16 is in the wings you know probably going to be released <laughs> like so but no indication that there's another map this year given how they've rolled back here about you know uh, new heroes maybe there isn't another map but you never know so um the event though that's for uh the war of the roses we'll call it whatever <laughs> uh, that uh that looks kind of interesting because each hero has a quest, uh, like a quest that you can go to unlock specific things. So it looks like it could be, you know, and you have a 30 days to kind of get that done. So that looks like it could be rather interesting. Um, one of the things I heard in the subreddits, or maybe it was one of the, po- I know it was the podcast, uh, Garrett and um, uh, Kyle on the uh, uh, the podcast. Uh, man, drawing a blank. Anyway, their podcast, they were talking about the fact there hasn't been a lot of cross-promotion uh, events lately, you know, that WoW was probably one of the more interesting ones, but it didn't really have anything within Here's uh, World of Warcraft to unlock. Oh, interesting. And that lack of that lack of cross-promotion might be um, not getting people to come and try from other games, Here's mm-hmm. the Storm. So um, Into the Nexus, by the way, is the name of the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so and I thought that was kind of an interesting point too. That you know, 
well, you said the Overwatch and Heroes, and you know, you get the Overwatch players that try Heroes and vice versa, you know. And uh, I don't know if World of Warcraft players, I mean, I would think that if they're going to do anything with World of Warcraft, it would be a PvP event. If they could try to tie something with Heroes of the Storm into PvP, that might get those PvP players to play Heroes of the Storm a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's why I play. I played uh, Heroes because of uh, World of Warcraft initially, not because of any other game, because the lore is so much from World of Warcraft, at least the majority of mm-hmm. the heroes, rather. Yeah. And then Heroes of the Storm, I mean, Hearthstone, I really, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know I played mm-hmm. it and just not into the grind. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so that was the AMA, and it was, a, you know, like I said, I was a little disappointed, but then again, I get it. You know, I was hoping, I was expecting to hear a little bit more detail about the the team league change or, you know, the season ending, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's my take on it, but it was definitely, you know, worthy read, and it just shows that the game is constantly being iterated on and the, that the developers listen to the community, and it does influence their decisions sometimes. Yep. So I think we covered the major topics today. Yeah. Um, perfect time to segue into the balance patch. Yup. <sighs> so we are running long. We are running long, man. Yeah, we were already at uh, roughly an hour and a half, I think. Which is typical for us. <laughs> yeah, now it is. We won't spend too much time. We're trying to pick our our greatest hits of the balance patch. Um well, we definitely talked about team. Well, well, that wasn't the balance patch. But why don't you go ahead and give me your impression since I've been talking a lot and it seems yeah. like I'm losing my voice for some reason. <laughs> so this is a huge balance patch. Um, to me, what it feels like is that kind of pre-BlizzCon, let's get everything kind of like hammered away to what we want to see the esports to look like kind of and like quality of life for as many of the heroes as possible. You know, and getting ready for the next year of, you know, what they want to do for the game, you know, direction-wise. Um, so we saw basically all of the major assassins being touched. There was a few buffs for Chromie. And Falstad got mostly mana costs and talent cooldown tweaks. Also noting that the globals are all on one-minute cooldowns now. A five-second increase for both Falstead and then Brightwing got the same thing for her rework. Uh, let's see. Phoenix, he got Purification Salvo increased to 90 seconds. I think that's warranted just because of the how like crazy he is when it comes to synergy with so many heroes with how many slows there are in the game right now. At least, like, you know, with Diablo being the major source of that. Uh, and let's see. Some number tweaks with Mephisto. You know, he got his lightning over damage reduced just a little bit so that the maximum damage scaling is lower and then per tick is lower and then the maximum bonus is also reduced to 30. The Q, or no, the Consume Souls slow amount was reduced to 25%. But the big one here for just tuning wise is Durance of Hate got a missile speed increase of 25%. The ability range was increased by 25%. The root duration is two and a half seconds, and then the overall damage is up to 250. So the damage isn't really that noticeable here, but having that longer range and the speed at which it goes uh, travels is, is much better. The That was my one big criticism with using the ability. I just thought it was not far enough range, 
and I also thought it just didn't seem... I don't know, it just felt slow. I don't know, it just didn't feel right. So these changes, I was playing around with it earlier today, feel really nice. And then the rest of his changes were kind of just balanced tweaks around um, what were the, like, what are your your breakpoints to, to break up the meta of what his go-to talents were. Like, in level 4, Static Barrier got some nerfs because that was, like, the go-to pick there. And then buffing to the Q builds. And then... Looks like they made Shade Lord a more attractive pick, which is the teleporting on command. Let's see what else. Nova got some changes. These seem to be quality of life. Nothing major. Raynor got a small little damage increase, or decrease, sorry, from, um, what would we say, 103 to 101 damage. Nothing crazy. Then, let's see. Hammer got a change. So they so she's been meta for a while now. And so her E ability, the the armor, activatable armor buff, was increased to 16 seconds cooldown. And then on level four, she's tactic, shifting out of siege mode now removes the unstoppable effect. That's really important because basically what you would do is if you hit unstoppable and then like you could shift out of your with your Z, the mo mobility. And then you get stuck doing that kind of stuff. So like, it was kind of like you'd abuse the the unstoppable effect if there was like follow up CC coming your way. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, I mean, yeah, I, you saw this coming though. I yeah, mean, absolutely. I just like everyone was saying it's like it's it's insane to have a hero that has a level four unstoppable. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Go ahead. I think, like for me, you know, I think the, you know, obviously the 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 changes to Chromie, um, the support changes, you know, that they made. Yeah, I was just about to get there. Yeah, and that, you know, that's where I kind yeah, of go ahead. cover is. Yeah, <laughs> so bring in your things. So Decker, you know, pushing a strength, uh, shielding, it's uh, it's reduced. Okay, that's fine. But ancient that's, blessings. That's now. the that's, that's the go-to count, right? The uh, level four yeah. one. It's, yeah, and thirteen, this, and thirteen too, I guess. Well, well. Yeah, pushing and shielding. Yeah, you're right. It is. I tend to go that direction. Um, yeah, so that I think that was just to give more talent diversity for the other Absolutely. choices there on level four, and and obviously level thirteen similar. But I think, I think that they much. also feel that um, I think they feel that it's a little bit too much. You know, yeah. that it shouldn't be every thirty seconds. And I don't. You know, to be I honest think that with might you, be I think an HCC balancing. Honestly, it could be. Because that's like the go-to talent. Because Deckard is the most popular healer at this point. Yeah, and I think it's like it's a mini bloodlust. Right. So, um, eh, on a sixty-second timer, I'm okay with it. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not happy about it, but I think it still makes Deckard. That's still the talent, unless you have the reason to choose the other two, like big potions or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, it, I still think it's the go-to talent. I, I, I definitely. I mean, you're just not going to be able to team fight every 30 seconds. You know, it's going right. to be every 60 seconds. And, you know, like I said, I think it's it's understandable why they did it. Um, will it stop Deckard from being selected? No, no, he still has his mana slots. So he's still good. He's still going to um, be picked easily. Yeah. Tyrande, I'm glad I didn't really put any time in the Tyrande's rework. <laughs> so I think these changes are going to keep her... This is going to balance her, and I don't. It might be a one or two small balance change, but now I think it's time to go learn uh, Tyrande and yeah. learn a couple of builds. You know. White main, um, 
you know, just a small healing reduction of like a few percentages and increasing a cooldown for Searing Lash. Um, they did increase the bonus damage for the E on level one. Yeah, I think you like the E build, so. Uh, yeah, I kind of like that. So, it obviously depends on what you're pairing it with to make yeah. it work. And then you get the mana return. So yeah, I think the the, the white main is make E build great again, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of like. And then under Warriors, and I think this is where the significant change of this bounce patch Absolutely. is. I think this is this is the meat, you know, where what they're trying to do is, and we're going to talk about this after this, but the soul lane is rather stagnant. You pick mm-hmm. either, you know, you pick a Blaze, Tehaka, or yeah. a Urel, and at least in HCC, yeah. that's the three that was, they pick. I was just about to say, so, so the big story, just to kind of recap the weekend for HCC, was mm-hmm. Toronto was available for the balance this week, and or this weekend, rather, and then... Because she was available, like, everyone was like, oh, my God, Toronto's stupid broken. And you saw this new resurgence of the duo support again. And, you know, people were immediately like, oh, God, what's happening? Right? The panic again. Um, and then you kind of saw, like, everyone's like, okay, so the support bet is great, right? There's so all these heroes that are coming back in the meta because of Toronto's rework. Um, but then you still look at the solo lane and everyone's like, well, it's basically Yorel, Blaze, Dahaka. That's it. You know, you don't really get the play. Maybe Mouthiel, depending on your comp, right? But for the most part, you don't really see a lot of variation. And so people are like, how do you fix that? And then we we'll, won't we'll, we'll talk about it just yet. But looking at the balance patch, it looks like they're trying to see what they can do to change heroes around to make them more impactful. Anubarak got a small change, not really worth noting. Arthas got a health buff and a trait decrease. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think Arthas, obviously Blaze, definitely his rework. I yeah. think that's designed. I'm, I'm, to not, I'm going to hit Blaze last because he's the biggest here. Yeah. Uh, but I'll say that Arthas. Go ahead. Arthas is going to be the new Dark Horse, I think. Because of that, you know, that, that Not Paradox video, I think on Hero League, if you watch the Not Paradox video on his Arthas and how he shreds like an Artanis shields. Yeah, with the, his, the infinite scaling D. Right. Hit him with the big D. This, now you got a cooldown. <laughs> you could probably get this thing down to eight seconds, I think. Probably. Eight to six seconds. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the You're key. just going to be whacking the hell out of people. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Plus the mana regen is insanity. Right. And that's all the that's the other part of the build. You take a, what's um what's the death and decay, right? You know, which is yeah. the uh you know, which is the the self heal. You know, so that plus the mana, you know, the health regeneration and the mana regen. Arthas is going to be a soul laner again, you know. He still lacks He's, the ability to poke well. He doesn't care. <laughs> he but just he does away. care because if if you have a Blaze, you know, even though right. Blaze, yeah. even though Blaze like now might be different, but still, that's like, what we got to do. You and me got to go <laughs> into the soul lane. You take Blaze, I take Arthas. Let's have a matchup. That's that's gonna be that should be an interesting <laughs> video. It should be an interesting video. I, maybe with the tell change, it could be better. I just think Arthas gets outpoked easy. Like, not even, like, not just in the solo lane, just, like, as a tank, you know? Because he, he has no mobility and that hard CC is well, rather he, slow. Yeah, he's not a tank. Yeah. No, <laughs> Unless yeah. you got a Lucio yeah. next year. Unless you got a Lucio, right. he's not a tank. <laughs> like, uh, and, and just, like, if you're not skilled enough, like, if you, by not going to level one, um, is that, not rhyme. I forget what it's no. called. But the, the, basically, quest talent for your W to root people in place to get that range increase. Mm-hmm. Um... I just think you fall off into the late game because your your team the enemy team knows what you want to do and that's basically run at them to hit them in the face with a sword and maybe that does work in in Hero League but 
I think it's easy to be countered. Yeah, and I'll just say that that, but I, you know, to me, I like Arthas, and I think right. these changes are interesting. And it, you know, like I said, that's if you want to play around with it, that would be a good thing to throw in the Hero Lab. You mm-hmm. know, just is Arthas any good now? You know, in the solo lane, um, you can go go to town on on Blaze. I mean, I think you have the most knowledge on it. I yeah, like him. I played. I him. love Blaze. <laughs> it was like so first to start off it's like i did not know he was the, one of the lowest rate warriors in the entire game or the lowest um i always thought he was like amazing when he first came out i he, when he first came out i was playing him you know in every game i was kind of like because diablo had just gotten his rework i think right about then or right after that or the meta just shifted so he wasn't as powerful <laughs> and so i was like i'm gonna just play blaze because he's got wave clear he's got you know he's tanky and he's got just like these slows and stuns like i just thought he was really cool like kit wise and you know since then you know his his build has kind of changed where he's got went more bruiser build lately with like the upgraded q but you know the big question was like well blaze is so good right he's so survivable and he's got all these like tanky traits but then his like his blue bar means nothing like you know, he could just spam all of his stuff on cooldown, you know, even with two charges of the oil spill, like, he could just keep doing it without any question of whether or not he'd be, like, in trouble of mana, like, the only reason he would die is if you're over-positioning, being too aggressive or just not being aware. So, what they're doing is they gave him baseline HP, he's at 2,900, and I think that's just under Stitches, right? I think Stitches yeah. has 3,000 baseline? Yeah. So, yeah. He's now the second highest health tank in the entire game, which is crazy. To put it in perspective, um, Arthas now has 2,782, and I think Tyrael... No, ETC and Tyrael both got buffed, but ETC's at 2,250, and Tyrael went up to 2,517. So those are like... I mean, you could just see why people think ETC is squishy, right? Um, But that's just putting some numbers perspective there. Oh, and then yeah. so they're giving you a pretty substantial um, mana cost increase. So your Q is going up to 30 mana from 25. W is up from 50 to 40, or from 40 to 50. And then they're, they're nerfing the cooldown on, or buffing. So you're going to have a 10-second cooldown on your E. And then Bunker is getting nerfed. So the damage you deal uh, from the flamethrowers inside is going down by a small margin. But the cooldown is being increased to 80 seconds, 20 seconds up, and the mana cost is being doubled. But to compensate, they are making combustion do more damage, and then they're also reducing the net slow uh, decrease. So it's 50% slow to 40%. So what this looks like to me is you're being less incentivized to take bunch. Like, the bunker drop is basically a, a... HGC balancing knob because the the cooldown is down 80 seconds so that makes it so it's no longer going to be available for every team fight it's like every other team fight you know because that's to save so many people right you drop the bunker Mm -hmm. and then the fight's over because they just drop the bunker then they leave or re-engage and it's just crazy because the amount of utility it has the damage is negligible but it still adds up like if you have a bunker drop and the entire team pressing Q, you know, on a single target that does a lot of damage. So, and I just played a couple games with Blaze right before I played. Oh, I didn't even talk about the talents yet. But basically, when you use your Q 
your QW to light the oil on fire, you really feel that mana now. Like, it really is noticeable. Um, like, if you don't, like, if you spam your abilities, you're going to go oom pretty quick. So you don't really want to keep, like, just, you have to be really mindful of how you're using your abilities. And then with the decreased cooldown on your, your jet propulsion, you have to, like, it's, you're better to save your, your mana to use an E and get that big stun on, like, your backliner, on the backline or something, than, than it is to use, like, another QW combo. Then, kind of going to the talents, like, what I was thinking about was, so the shield goes up for the endurance impact, the mana return for neural stimpack goes down from 50 to 30 so that's just another balancing knob there to see so you're not getting more mana back which is fine then the regen globe collection uh cool reduction went from five to eight so that's the cooldown on your trait then they buffed two other talents so that the 13 nano uh, machine coding attack speed slope went to 50 percent and then 16 thermal protection thermal protection went down just as a balancing to one and a half seconds because the overall cooldown went down anyways so just keeping it in line so you're not getting a ridiculous amount of cdr but with this build now it kind of re-incentivizes taking the level seven lane clearing talent for the passive lighting of the oil if you're trying to worry about that mana sustain because then you don't have to use your q and waste it to to heal or to to, to light it on fire anymore because it matters Right. Right. And then it kind of you kind of have to look at it in a different way. And like right as we were taking a break when we had the technical difficulties, I saw on, on Twitter Ishbu is streaming right now uh, looking at Blaze as a main tank. Right. So that's, you know, funny how these changes are kind of making people look at it a different way because he's got this amazingly high health bar now. And then combustion actually feels like it does a lot of damage. And then having that ability to maneuver with itself slow being less really makes it feel nice. Uh, overall, I would say the build's not going to change a whole ton, but it, it kind of opens up avenues for you how you want to play um, to what, you, like, I don't know. I just think that Blaze, he might not be there yet, but I think he will be able to be played as a main tank with a few more changes here and there. Because the, the I imagine, the, does the heal on the oil, is that baked in as a flat percentage or is that a flat number? Um, I have to check. I don't know if it's... I think it might just be a number. I think it's a number. Yeah. So if it was a percentage, that means that it's a baseline buff if if it was around there. But I did notice that like if I overextended, I could get out of situations easier with this 200, almost 200 point, uh, or it's like 125. Yeah. 125 health increase. Like, It just feels nice. And I think, you know, with what they were kind of thinking as a design philosophy for Blaze, it feels nice. And Bunker Drop, I think they underestimated what the teams could do in coordinated play with it. And now that they're kind of, I don't know, remove, like scaling that back is going to make people second guess picking Blaze. Or maybe they're going to stop picking Bunker Drop as the talent. All right. So that uh, runs down the Blaze, I think. Yeah. You know, Blaze looks like they wanted to scale back his uh, mana make him a bit more tankier. That's what they said in the dev notes. Yep. And make it so that the soul lane's not as stagnant. And they also did something similar with the URL where they yeah. increased 15 mana ability. ability. Yeah, so she's also going to eat away her mana if she spams abilities. So I wonder if that makes it, that's going to bring back heroes that have like an easier, like a less limiting resource, right? So if these heroes now 
are more mana hungry, does that mean Sonya comes back, right? Or does that mean Malthiel comes back? I guess Malthiel just still kind of goes oom um if he's spamming his Q. So he's still mm. balanced. But, I don't know. Or do you use Phoenix or Junkrat as a solo lane? But I guess that removes some of your CC then. So it's a give and take, right? Yeah, and like you said, this, these are more tweaks for the HTC. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, the bottom line is when it comes to soloing, you can probably increase leagues if you pick solo laners, in my opinion. Like if yeah, you're silver and you want to get gold, you could pick solo laners. And the bottom line is you play conservatively. Don't go across the middle unless you're split soaking, you know, and you're split soaking lanes. And you can probably win the solo lane, even mm -hmm. still picking these heroes, you know, so... Yeah, so I mean the balance change. I think it was designed to. It was a. It was partly to address us. You know, some of the heroes are a little bit imbalanced, but also that this week there was also a very good well post on Reddit where it discussed the soul lane. You know, and it's stagnant meta right now, especially in HTC, because of those three, you know, heroes that you pick, whether it's Blaze, Urel, or Dahaka, or some combination of a good soul linger. Uh, there is, you know, there's not a lot of variance in the HTC Pro Play, and that's because in Pro Play, you don't want to take, you don't want to have risky plays, you know, in the soul lane. And this is because of like the towers not having unlimited ammo, um, you know, you name it. It's there's there's not don't take risks in the soul lane if you don't want to win HTC championships. It seems. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because especially too with like tanks with. The, the solo laners right now, being like Blaze Urel, those picks are just so versatile, right? That if if you can't, if like the, if they're that hard to take down, there's no point in trying to take, like go gank them, right? So that it, it just like de, de incentivizes them. You'd even worry about that lane. Like you pick Blaze or Urel, it's just like, well, if I go over there, it's going to be just me wasting time to maybe, you know, not get a kill when we wasted all that extra time and resources. That for them to do something else in the other lanes, right? Or for my team, my for the other team to win in somewhere else. So, right. you know, that's why I think this mana stuff is really important. Um, and that's yeah, because it's unlimited mana just means unlimited sustain, basically. You yeah, don't run out of especially resource, for you can... especially for Blaze, because he just just sits in his own oil spill, right? And then can win yeah. a trade because he's sitting the minion wave, deal damage, heal himself. And clear the wave all at the same time because he's cleaving auto attacks. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Urel at least has to like weave three of her abilities together to make, or two at least two of her abilities together plus her trait to to get maximum value for it. Whereas Blaze can just kind of sit there passively in some ways to win the lane at least. Right. So that discussion, you know, so they were saying, well, what can we make changes to? And this was discussed in the AMA. What changes can we make to the to the, the lane to make it a more interesting matchup, to, to reward taking some risks, you know, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to punishing risk taking in that lane, you know? Uh, and, you know, the thought process was, can we make the minions a little bit more difficult to clear you know thus right. you know if the but then the problem is if the minions are too strong well <laughs> but the, specifically they wanted the minions to be stronger against the heroes mm -hmm. it like, you know so that was one of the suggestions but and so i don't think blizzard's going to make any changes before htc you know yeah before blizzcon not, not even in the cards i don't think 
but they are going to you know seriously consider it and then this is one of the changes they can make which is the change the mana cost for certain of some of these heroes um but in the same token when it comes to knowing soul lane matchups and how each hero can uh uh kind of how each hero can perform on certain matchups in the soul lane jhal along with um the attack the the talus is a tank that's goku goku those two reworked um romo's uh ryomo's uh former uh soloing chart and updated it to the the current meta as best they could and published it on reddit and it was a it's a i like this chart because if you're wanting to see certain matchups and like how they might perform it's a good way to kind of see what you know what's a good pick or counter pick you know, without having, and it's a nice visual guide uh, that you can keep, like, and maybe print it out next to you, especially if you're trying to take the soul lane and be in win with soul lane is, is like one of your ways to yeah. improve. We were kind of just talking about this before, and you can just kind of look at it and be like, you can just tell who's the best, like, who, like, who most likely needs some work or who most likely you shouldn't be playing in almost any scenario. Um, it's it's just an interesting chart to look at, and I think it has a lot of value. Just even just if you like, even without like watching a guide or something about it, you can really find out a lot to to help you, uh, like level up your play. Not sure they, and I guess they had enough time because they published it yesterday, and so they knew about the balance changes as well. So, so like taking place for instance, um, it seemed, and I, I guess the lower the number, I think the, it's a percentage. Yeah. So from left blaze against yeah blaze against a blaze against an alarak would be thirty percent right so assuming the alarak is going to be slowing uh, silencing them and you know possibly taking away some of his value of his self heal and such being able to cast abilities Artanis is forty percent I guess because he's got more sustain Um, Arthas it's a sixty percent win chance so like I said I still want to challenge you. Uh, Chen, 30%, because Chen can has just as much sustain as uh, Blaze does with drinking his brews. Uh, Tahaka's 40, Falstead 40, Phoenix, he can, seems like he can outwin a Phoenix or outtrade a Phoenix. Um, Illidan's 40%. Junkrat, uh, Junkrat, and, well, 50%, so it's 50 50. The Oric is 40 because of self sustain, you know. Malthiel, 60%, he can out sustain a Malthiel. Um, I assume that's what it means. Yeah. You're going down. If that's the order on the left. Yeah. Unless you're going your hero, their hero. So let's see here. Blaze. Alarx seven. Yeah, it's a weird number. So it's like I get I guess so anyway, the bottom line is look at the chart and you know, pick your matchups. You know, pick your yep. comfort if you're saying I want to do souling, which hero are you gonna select there? And it's There's 18 heroes for, that are considered soul laners. So, you know, these are the soul laners uh, that you should be focusing on if you're going to be picking that lane. And, you know, some of them are split soakers. And, I, you know, what's interesting is out of all these heroes, I think I do play a lot more soul laners <laughs> or people that were qualified. Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. We're, we're talking about that. Um, and then I, I think just what noting, too, is that Urel is green in almost every category for, for every 18 pick. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you're right. So, 
just kind of shows you the strength of that hero. And she's got a pretty decent amount of build diversity, too, which is... is um, also, when you're looking at the spreadsheet, it's a Google Doc. It's got three tabs. Oh, okay? I didn't even realize it had tabs. Yes. So there's, <laughs> then there's, there's specific tips for each matchup. Oh, wow. They really... Okay. Yeah, man, this guy. How, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> well, he had a good foundation with the original one. That's so true, just, I guess. And then he had like an HTC tank to kind of help him kind of go through it. So I think... Mm-hmm. That's how he did it. That was the magic. But one of the comments I made on the the thread as a moderator was I said, you know, I think we're going to have to create a dedicated wiki to all the content that Jay has been producing lately. Yeah. He produces produces tier lists. He produces tanking, like, you know, which ones are the main tanks. Now he produced the soloing guy, which is the, which is the compliment to the tanking guy. Just, you know, it's the other, it's the other half of it. Right. Right. Or the warrior guide, you might say, and you know, which is awesome. You know, I think it's a, and that, like there's little tips in there for each one. You know, for each hero matchup is, is a good, uh, good way to kind of just like get the TLDR that you need. So, so yeah, so soul lane. You know, I think the the immediate changes are the changes to the warriors we're seeing this weekend, but there might be some minion changes. But I don't think we're ever gonna. I don't think Blizzard wants to back down and and add more ammo to the. The towers. I think they're going to make slight adjustments there to uh, make it a little bit more rewarding, you know, per se. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one last thing I'd like to point out: if you are going to try to get better with the soling, um, you know, Cavalier Guest, one of his um, on his vods on Twitch, one of the thing, one of the things he would do is has a series called Going Alone, and he would look at specific match matchups and then analyze those matchups. Now, some of this stuff has been done for a few months, so it might be a little bit out of the meta, but generally the principles are there. Like, are you freezing the lane? You know, are you pushing the lane? You know, who's a good matchup? It also features HCC players, so he talks about people like Alex Purgy, you know, and his his tactics for, you know, uh, freezing lanes or, or trying to get an advantage in the lane. So I always find that if you're trying to uh, improve specifically at that, that uh, Keller Guess's uh, series is one of the best series that specifically focuses on that. So. Mm-hmm. I hope he brings it back. <laughs> so, uh, and then last, you know, we had two hero discussions on Reddit. Um, the first one uh, we we're going to pick up on was the Obama discussion from Thursday. Uh, we're running low on assassins. I think we're down to the last one, you know, and wow. that, uh, one or two. So, uh, yeah, so we're running low on on assassins. Uh, so we might see a double uh, support one in like the next two weeks. Um, with that regard, uh, the overall impression with uh, Vala at this point um, is that she's lost a lot of favor uh, in HCC because of other hyper carries being more effective, I would say. Phoenix. Um, yeah, Phoenix, <laughs> basically. Um, she doesn't, you know, she's still viable. You can still play her, but I think you get more more mileage picking one of the other hyper carries at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple of, you know, really good breakdowns. The best one I thought was by uh, um, a user by the name of Warbags. He's a diamond, uh, diamondish value uh, Vala player. Um, and he went through and talked about when to pick her, what comps work best with her, and, you know, and what talents to pick with the, those comps. So overall, 
good to hear a discussion. We left it up all weekend, so it got a lot of a lot more traction um, because of you know being up there the entire weekend. It wasn't intentional. I just you know I was away, so someone else. Right. And I guess we didn't really have a lot of content to put up there. Um, with and it did have a num a number of videos in the community that supported. You know, Grubby played a match. Uh, Nubcakes had one, and there was a couple of Kala videos that walked that went talking about you know so if you're looking for some video content it uh definitely was there so um so i think the biggest uh battlefield of attorney is your vala map you know she gets the most value when she's you know, right shredding yeah because the q build still is so powerful right you know so if you if you're looking if you don't like to play hanzo you know you know vala is your is your go-to pick on battlefield of attorney or if you need a range down on the melee yeah it's true and then the next one, and this is probably the one I have more more depth knowledge in, and that's the Stitches uh, here discussion because I play Stitches. And I think generally the community's reception to this was the heroes got a really good talent tree. You know, you can be, you know, total bruiser or total tank. Um, and, you know, the talent of hooking, you know, it's not, it's not a skill you should... Um, you know, neglect it, it changes the game, especially late game. If you can get a hook and a gorge and put it, you know, you can eliminate a player, a weak hero or a squishy hero and pretty much turn, turn the game in your favor. So stitches is still viable. Um, you know, he's got, uh, an HTC. He's, he's only got a 2% popularity, but that 2%, he still has a 57% win rate. So when they if pros do pick him. Uh, they win with them. So, but then on the ladder, you know, if you go in Hero League, twenty-four percent popularity and fifty percent win rate. So in the last seven days, so he's he's definitely he's very popular on like you know on the ladder, and you know he's a pretty out of all the tanks you can play, he's probably the one you can probably pick up if you don't know anything about tanks and probably get some value out of him. I'm not sure your thoughts. <laughs> as long as you can hit the skill shot. The, the Q is yeah. the big one. But I think it's playing... Because you can't use it without having a team that has a follow-up CC of some sort. You know, back when Malfurion was the, the bee's knees, his root was the thing. I think, like, if you play Slam, build, you don't have to be... You know, it's nice to get yeah. the skill shot, but the Slam itself is, is pretty been, devastating. I've been seeing more, pl like, play with going, like, the super regen stitches. Lately, mm -hmm. um, I tell you, when I pick a match, when I go, yeah. yeah, I've been just getting seeing more value from that lately because then going fishing hook is just really strong. Because yeah, I still take, I still take fishing hook at sixteen, so yeah. it's like you know, I do. I do range, like the yeah. slam build. Like I think slam build could work, especially if you're like a rainer or something now. Yeah, um, to get those that slow, yeah, it's still gonna go for the the level one uh, talent. Synergy. Yeah. Or even if you have a phoenix, that's helpful too. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So you know, good discussion. You know, I don't think there was any innovative, uh, you know, gameplay tips there. I think there was, you know, no. generally people know how to play. Yeah. You know. But uh, it was good to see people really engaged and and you know sharing some really good, uh, you know, their builds and their ideas about stitches and mm -hmm. then just the general love for the character, you know, the hero that he's still, you know, he's still. A hero that people like to play and still think they has a lot of value. So, mm -hmm. I would um, I would say yeah, that for stitches he's a little stagnant. Like he's a one trick, a little bit. You know, if, yeah. you, if you can't do that, if you can't land hooks and things, he's kind of just falls off in yeah. some ways. 
you know, the, that's the thing. It was like out, out of all the other warriors out there, I don't know if what I would change about him. That no, know, I don't know either. Think, his kid is so straightforward, right? Yeah, I mean, like you know, he basically you know you slam if you take slam mode, you're taking all the Q talents with a slight adjustment. Um, so that's and he's really good uh, in soul lane. He's really good in the four stack too as a as a uh, bruiser. So. I don't know. And then you just the ability to hook and make plays. I think that's just, you know, on Towers of Doom, you yeah. get a stitches it's really just and a gorge. Yes. I mean, it's just here. We're going to just eliminate. The, and if you put a Medivh on the team, not only <laughs> you kidnap, mm-hmm. but then you portal them away. So you can be halfway across the map port- grabbing someone and then just yeah. putting them into your towers. So I think in like, Hero League, you know, that's even overkill because, you know, most people don't have that awareness or coordination to really save someone after they've been hooked it's like well you're dead you know it's kind of like a poor man's garage in some ways because garage is even more disruptive where he can force those even more because mm-hmm. garage can has more control over what he can throw whereas you know if there's a mini wave or a minion or something in the way then the hook is wasted right yeah so your best cap your best counter to his stitches is in a new rack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> With all your little bugs and, or even Azul, right? If you think about it. Yeah, Azul's a good well, one. Well, that's, that's assuming you're in lane. So I yeah, guess but, a new rack is still better. Yeah, well, yeah. But I think, you know, Zool Zool's the new tank, so <laughs> Yeah, we don't <laughs> might know. Might be the right counter pay. Well, so I think we've covered all the bases in two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, even with technical difficulties after post editing mm-hmm. and everything, Jesus, we're not we're not shrinking this down. We didn't even talk about WoW for that long. <laughs> yeah, well, just there's a lot to go on this week. Yeah, know? I mean, it was so a huge it was a huge week of stuff. We didn't even yeah. really talk talk about the map and things like that. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, I tell I you. No, and it's not even BlizzCon, not- right? Yeah. So yeah, so my, my goal is to get the the polo pony for Tuesday. So if you want to do some, uh, if you see me online, you, you know I'm not hidden. You, I'm pretty easily found on on uh, Here's the Storm. So uh, you know, just feel free to message me if you want to team up. And yeah. obviously, when's the time? If you want to do some stuff, I'm I got some time after this. We can do sweet. We can knock one or two out. I'm down for that. All right. Well, this is all up, and I'm signing off. Yep. Have a good week, everyone. See you, everybody. Till next week when we have. The reworks in the map. He's out. Yeah.